Welcome to Rebel FM episode 91. <laughs> cat attack! Starting off with the cat attack. <laughs> I'm Anthony Gallegos. With me is Arthur Geese. Hi. Mash Anthony. Hello. And once again joining us, Ryan O'Donnell. Hola. Is this three shows in a row for you? It is. It is. So basically this week's show is going to be a little different. We're going to talk about the games we've been playing, Sans Dead Space 2. Oh, and then, Tyler says hello from the grave. Yeah, Tyler's, Tyler is dead. Yep. Um, also... Uh, so the way it's going to work is we're going to talk about games and playing without Dead Space. And if you don't want to hear Dead Space spoilers, stop the show right after that because the second half of the show is going to be Side B. part one of two of our Dead Space spoiler cast. So essentially, this is a Rebel FM game club split single. Yeah, basically. <laughs> For the record collectors among you that may know what that actually means. Because the four of us have beat Dead Space. so it, Yeah, this would actually have a white label. Did we want to set a chapter limit on tonight's show? The first half. Okay, so the so first, first seven chapters, solar so through, array through chapter seven. Nice. Okay, that's good. I like this. That way, that way, if you haven't oh, finished, I, you can still listen. I think we could. We, well, we can decide. When we I don't talk know. Do you think it. we should? We gener- do you think we should generally tell people not to listen if you haven't finished, just in case we say something about how something affects I the mean, ending? If you I haven't would, gotten past the first half. No, I would say don't listen at all if you haven't finished because we may want to relate something to the end of the game. That's what I'm I saying. I don't want to have to like I don't. pull punches while we're talking and, and about the, it. And the other thing is, it's you know, it's not. It doesn't take that long to play it. So yeah, hopefully, yeah, if you, you, if you you're should close enough to the if you're if you're at the halfway point, just like you should finish it because I finished it right after it came out. I beat it and then I immediately started playing Dead Space One again. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, so like, should we not talk about Dead Space One because I I've been doing that too. We can talk a little bit about Dead Space One right now if we wanted. Okay. I mean, how do you? Let me ask you a question. Going right into Dead Space One, is it? Do you find it's hard for you to go back in some ways? Okay, so let me preface it just a little bit by saying that I sort of realized uh, that our our like Power Mac that we use for capturing video and for editing video, um, it just never really occurred to me. Even though I think I had installed Windows on it, that it's a ma- an amazing gaming PC. <laughs> and so I do have this ridiculously right, good gaming PC. Yeah, yeah, it's a tower. I mean, it's not like the processor is good. The video card is so-so. It's got a nice uh, NVIDIA card in it. It's I don't know. Actually, to be honest, you could be right. I honestly have no concept because I stopped following so, that. But stuff. what you're about to but tell me is you started playing Dead Space on PC. I started playing Dead Space Two actually because we wanted to see what it looked like. And hot it's, shit. Yeah, it we we maxed it out. Shit. Like we couldn't turn. We turned everything up and said it was amazing. And then I got a tweet saying. Oh, you should turn on antistropic for- filtering in your uh, in your video card uh, drivers because it's not enabled. There's no setting for it in the games menu, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, that's that's exactly what's missing." I was looking <laughs> at the image, and I was like, "That is what it needs." Um, it, it looked a little jaggy in the in the distance, and sure enough, we pushed that up to 16x, and uh, it was uh, it was amazing. Yeah. Um, it really so it good. looked really good, and then after we had played most of the way through the game, I was like. Well, if Dead Space Two looks this good, Dead Space One's got to look just right. you know and you, pretty darn close. And you close. hooked up a, an Xbox controller too, so you wouldn't uh, yeah, have the mouse issues with the first one like I did. Right, exactly. So I hear that the mouse controls are not good in Dead Space One. Uh, the mouse controls in Dead Space One are a problem if you have VSync turned on inside the game itself. If you force VSync hmm. through the video card drivers outside of the game, it's not an issue. Womp, 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 but Dead wow. Space Two does the same thing. See, I, I remember that. I remember people telling me that in Dead Space One when I complained about this before. And I played with VSync in my card and in the game. No different. It, it felt like stick acceleration on a mouse. I don't, and VSync does the same thing on Dead Space 2 on PC. If you have it turned on, it locks the frame rate at 30. Thank God. Thank God. Hmm. Our, our, our game was running. I mean, I didn't turn on a counter or anything, but hmm. I just wanted to see because I had read Arthur's tweet about the uh, VSync locking, locking the frame rate. 
I turned it off, and I have good enough eye to know that it was running at well over 100 frames per second and everything looked like it was in fast motion and i just had to i was like wow that's crazy that our machine can do this but it just looks like thunderbirds or team america or something yeah, yeah but <laughs> it was it was well over like shit really was like going too fast it was well over 60 frames i have to wonder second. if it's because every game now is basically just animated like keyframed with 30 frames per second as a target in mind and so when you add more frames in, it doesn't look right. Yeah, could, yeah. I don't know. It was like when, I remember the first time I ever encountered that with a game is when we saw Gears running on PC. Oh god, right. it's terrible. And I was like, I was like, why does this? I mean, it looks really smooth, but I was like, something feels wrong. For like, me, watching it was it. Mass Effect that I really was like, okay, there are games I like at sixty frames per second, and there are games I don't. And these are, you know, the games that are really cinematic are ones that I don't. So anyway, uh, Dead Space One to go back to our actual conversation. It, uh, you know, I had a controller plugged in, so I wasn't getting the mouse issue, but it really is... I love Dead Space 1, but the control is so improved in Dead Space 2. Just, you know, it's a different... It's a more action-y game, but to it's be true. able to turn around that fast and to fire that fast, like... I didn't it find... does feel slow when you go back in, but it's it looks so good on PC. I mean, that game just <laughs> I didn't, uh... holds up really, really well. I didn't find the firing as a problem, but Dead Space 1 now going back... Kinesis feels so lame yeah. in the first one compared <laughs> yeah. to the second one. Like, you pull boxes and it has, like, a sluggish kind of tug to you, and it's not as snappy. And uh, another thing that really bothered me is the only way to see how much ammo you have overall for a weapon yeah. is to go into the yeah. inventory. Yep. Yeah. I got so used to it being right there on my D-pad in the yeah. actual game in 2. The like, other thing is that they, you can't... Uh, the reload is on X button or whatever. It's yeah, that not, fucks me up too. Yeah, it'll totally screw you up when you go back. Mm-hmm. You hit it and uh, you hit it to reload and it uses one of your health packs and you're like, Oh God, no. does it? Yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah. yeah. So you have to really adjust really fast. No, to reload in uh, Dead Space 1, you hold down L trigger and, and press A. And press A, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so yes, all of those things are totally, it's like they're obvious improvements in Dead Space 2, and so going back doesn't make it tricky to acclimate yourself to the controls right at the beginning. Right, and the type of monsters you're going to fight and the way you're going to fight them. I mean, honestly, that's the other thing, is that the monsters are just not as deadly. I mean, particularly the Leaper, which in Dead Space 2, if there's one in the game, it'll just destroy you. That's what happened the first time I saw one in 2. I was like, ah, whatever. Because yeah. I remembered them from one. Because in one, I would fight like four at a time, and they would just run at you. Yeah, and you really could shoot slowly. them. But now, they, the way they bound off the walls in two, they're basically impossible for me to fight. I run from those sometimes because I'm so scared of them. Yeah, you just yeah. got to stasis them when they get close and, they and take really, them out. they're but... really, powerful, too. If they mm-hmm. do that leap attack at you and hit you, yeah. Like, sometimes... And that happened to me, too, because in Dead Space 2, I, I was thinking to myself, oh, these guys aren't that bad, because yeah. I was thinking in Dead Space 1 terms. Yeah, and it's sometimes in Dead Space 2, the only way I would defeat those guys is hoping that they would jump on me and it would trigger one of those, like, I'm struggling with it on me right. moments <laughs> where at least I could then hurt them. Yeah. yeah. So uh, like, but not to talk about 2. Dead Space, but Dead Space 1, I don't know. I I I love the Ishimura. I mean, that's what it comes mm. down to, really. There are, there are definitely uh, chapters of the game that I don't like as much. I'm mm. definitely not into medical, even though that seems mm-hmm. to be the one that most people like. I really don't like it the second time you go through it. I, I just find it really feels, stressful. Plus, in it feels to a Dead Space, to me, like, to Dead Space One, it feels system shock. The whole reason, the whole reason I don't like that part in Dead Space One is. I really hated all the parts with the guy that you couldn't kill following you. Yeah. And that part is in the medical. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Is that, that in the game. I mean. That, yeah. That boss battle is so easy, though. It is. I mean. It's like, I feel the same way as you do. And I remember Fresh was watching me play uh, when I went through this part recently. And I was like, 
I'm so stressed out. This guy just stresses me out. He's always on on me. And he's like, yeah, but you know, like you get in there and it's like you just walk into the ice chamber. He follows you in. You stasis him once, run over and hit the switch and he's dead. You don't even have to fire a shot. And I'm like, I know that. Like, I know. I get it. It's just they did. I mean, I guess it shows what a good job they did building the the tension. No, it's true. I mean, I think there's just some innate thing in us as humans that we do not like being chased. <laughs> it's just by, by unstoppable things. That yes, you exactly. You shoot them with guns. <laughs> um, <laughs> they they made an entire movie out of that. It was called Terminator. Right? <laughs> but uh, it, it, I I do love a lot of the sections in the game. I think Zero G is actually better overall in the first game, or the, it's more puzzly. So I I actually enjoy doing those. It's sections. true. There are times where you're like, where am I supposed to jump? Yeah, you you know you'll be standing on a platform where you only you know you can only look a certain number of directions because you can't look all the way up in Dead Space One. Um, so, you know, you just have to it, it, you twist around the environment a bit more. I, I don't know. I feel like they'll in they Dead also Sp- made. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm excited about Dead Space Three because I think now they've got the controls all worked out for Zero G, and that they can. There are a few areas that are sort of puzzly Zero G areas near the end of Dead Space Two, mm-hmm. and I think that we'll definitely see. They've more also good stuff uh, you know what you're doing talking about dead space 2 uh, one thing i will say though that, that they did that i did like about dead space 1 you know we can talk about it more when we talk about dead space 2 but in 1 i feel like they made oxygen way more of a scary thing in 1 than yeah. they, they ever do in 2 yeah. 2 is great you're talking about 2 again <laughs> yeah i'm not saying we should talk about no 2 we're talking about dead space all right yeah we'll just stop That's talking it. anyway dead space 1 kabosh on it. dead space yeah well you should yeah if you never played dead space at all go get dead space 1 it's like 20 bucks now so, so, speaking of shooters, you were telling me that you played Killzone, Anthony. Yeah, I was elaborating to Matt why I think it's a, why it is a great game, but why? Oh, well, wait, great. Yeah, I think Killzone is a great game. Wow. Not excellent. No, no, no. Or I'm outstanding. <laughs> oh, I just I played Killzone too, and it's like it looks so good, and it's totally plays you know, like balls. Well, it's better than competent in terms of a lot of things, <laughs> but See, yeah. But I was I trying mean, to. There, it I was trying to feel right. I was trying to articulate to myself, you know, like. Right, like when we write reviews, right? You know, you always try and think to yourself, like, why is it like that I feel the way I do? And, you, and you're trying to find that sort of hook for your story, too. And, you know, and you're looking for these things. And for me, it was like, I realized that one of the things I liked about Killzone and why I liked it more than maybe some people will is the same reason I liked Condemned, which is like, I really like games that do first person stuff and they make it like it's like they make you feel like you're an actual human. You know what I mean? Like, like I love Half-Life, right? I love Half-Life. But Half-Life is like the worst defender of making you feel like you're a sliding camera moving into a car or yeah, sliding. Even, even, even as a Half-Life going up to a ladder. fan, I feel like they're behind the times on that. Bioshock know? actually had that problem a lot. Too. Right. You know, and Bioshock has those moments where they do a cool cutscene. You'd be like, oh, I'm getting knocked around. It feels like mm-hmm. a fr- you're a human. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you'd go back I to the sliding. Too. Exactly. You know, but in Condemned, like whenever you take a ladder, it was like the first game I had played where I was like, holy sh... Well, I'd done it in the original Killzone, but mm-hmm. in Condemned, you know, it was like the first next-gen game I did where you're like climbing a ladder. And mm-hmm. when you swung that thing, it felt like you were... Just swinging like a fucking. For me, the first one was Breakdown by Namco. Actually, oh, actually, yes, I played Breakdown. Was the one where you had like the breakdown. the power fist? Yeah, it was. It was uh, I think you did have a power fist. All I remember is first person puking. Yeah, yeah and yeah. then there's like, and you do first person first me- melee combat, and, and it was crazy, and yeah. it's fun, and it's good until they insert two enemies at one time, mm. and then. All- and then all of a sudden it breaks down and cause you because can't, you can't see behind as soon you as or you peripheral. you start attacking the one guy, the other guy just comes up behind you and starts punching you and it's game over. <laughs> right. But, but, uh, but yeah, yeah you, it was kind of cool. But see, that, that same thing you just reminded me, like when I was in, when I was in college, because that's when I was playing Breakdown, um, 
I remember when I was with my friend, we were trying to, we were like, man, why is this game so badass? And it was because, again, we'd never played something that made us do first person in a way that we felt like we were that person. Because, again, mm-hmm. all the other you shit. You didn't play Trespasser? No. Oh. Again, all the other games coming out at that time, again, you were just this sliding camera, right? With maybe a hand jutting out from your body that never moved. You know, and that's the thing I love about Killzone is that, you know, you, you, I remember when I was playing the PS2 Killzone, the thing that I loved about it, and I still love in 3, is like, oh, what? You mean my guy looks at his gun while he reloads it? Like, you know, no other game, you know, most of the time back then reloading was your gun disappeared from view and came back up reloaded. <laughs> yeah. You know, all of a sudden people in Killzone were like looking at their guns, slapping in a clip, and... It's just everything in Killzone with the way that three they do camera shake, the way that uh, they handle the way you go up ladders, the way just like when you take an explosion. I don't know. It, they, I just feel like they do like human on human combat better than almost anyone else in my mind. Hmm. Like, like I'm not saying like there are games like Halo and stuff that are awesome, but like when it's just like that kind of like horrible, like shittiness of like humans killing humans in really brutal fashions. Like, Gorilla does that really well. Like, the way that you see guys fall off railings or you see your guys, like, you remember that initial, like, teaser trailer for Killzone that, you mm-hmm. know, everyone still mocks? Mm-hmm. But there's that part where your guy in that is and that guy in the video is like, oh, take this bridge, and then he just takes shots and falls down. It's like there's moments like that that do happen in 3 all over the place where you're just like, man, this is fucked up. And it just, like, <laughs> and it, they just manage to hit these notes that make it resonate with, like, the kind of wars we're going through today. Like, even though it's supposed to be sci-fi, it just has this, like, really gritty human human feeling, mm. which I think makes the combat and all that, like, really outstanding. Yeah. But that's the thing I was telling Matt that the reason I didn't love it as much as, say, as I love something Uncharted is they don't have a story that capitalizes on any of that. Yeah, I don't no. remember. I played, so I really didn't like Killzone 1 for, I think, reasons that I'm sure I've talked about on this show. Yeah. And uh, Killzone 2, um, you know, is, is beautiful, but I just... And I, I agree with all of the stuff you're saying about the first person perspective, and it does. I think even Killzone Two has a relatively good camera shake, and and yeah, it does. It does. Everything mm-hmm. feels weighty in 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 the system. That's what I like. Yeah, weighty. It's almost too too. You know, because there's that there's so much input lag in the in Killzone Two in the single player, um, and they actually in multiplayer had so much less of it. They had like made it you know more closer to what you'd actually want to play if you were playing a multiplayer game, um, that. It was like it made the single player game feel so much worse because of it. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, that- and uh, but Killzone Three, I was in the beta, uh, and you know, not only do the the two stages in the beta, one of them was uh, like a dam, and it was just really beautiful looking, and the game controlled like in a way that I was like, okay, I could get used to this. It sort of reminds me a little bit of. Uh, you know, like the Crisis Two demo that just came out. It's like God, I hope it controls better than Crisis Two demo. I think it's really similar. Like, I think people that are really sensitive to 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 input lag are going to, you know, it, the same way in Killzone Two. When it, the way you know, it's it's less than that by by a lot. Arthur looks like he just had his soul crushed. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, again, I was never as bothered as Arthur was by Killzone Two. First of all, but mm-hmm. in three, I thought it was even better. You know, mm-hmm. but uh, keep in but mind, yeah, I've only played the. Beta. What I'm saying, what I was yeah, telling so Matt I is, could be wrong on the way here is is that. Like, in theory, like, the Killzone universe could be really cool. Now, granted, it has a lot in common with, like, obviously, like, the rise of the, the fall of, the, like, the Weimar Republic and the rise of Nazism and stuff like that. Like, they're totally parallel, like, paralleling that sort of thing. Like, you know, the, the Hellgast going to extreme poverty after a defeat in a battle, basically, and, you know, then that Actually, all that... I think that their first tactical error was naming themselves the Hellgast. Yes, it's I know they like, sound so evil. Me. Yeah, yeah, but that's the thing is like at, f- at first when you hear about the universe and in the very first game they're kind of exploring this idea of like who's really evil, who's really good, who's really bad, and in the new game they 
they don't ever have any of that. Like they, yeah, they, they immediately, the only people you ever see are these evil people. Like I was telling Matt, like when you play something like Killzone that has like this, like really like nasty kind of like human on human, like for lack of a better term, like really visceral combat at times. It's just like, I want them to explore the themes of like, you know, these are humans we're fighting. They're not monsters, even though they're all wearing masks. That's the only way you see them. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I want them to explore the idea that, you know, the reason these people are all crazy and nationalistic is that they've been put in shitty situation. And like, you know, I wanted a section where I was like fighting in these crumbling houses, getting used to shooting everything as I come into a room. And I want a part where I accidentally shoot like an innocent woman and, you know, or an innocent man. Like, I want that to happen to where I'm like here first. Anthony wants to kill families. Well, what I'm saying is I wanted that moment where they make you think like, even if it was scripted, like, yeah, like, like someone does it, you know, they have a moment where your guys just go in and kill civilians and your character has that point where he's like human. Where yeah. he's like, what are you doing? You know, this is how we do this. That's what they do, not us. You know, or they, yeah. like some sort of. Yeah. And imagine like a first person camera where your character's like looking down at his hands and going, what did I do? You know, something like that. I mean, like that's super mm. cheesy. But you, yeah. you get what I'm going with is that like there nobody tries to do storytelling from a first person camera. And for my money, it would be OK to take the control nope. away from you. I just don't. I, I don't just, agree I, with uh, nobody does that. Yeah. I think that's a little. I, what I, the, hold on, but the, go back to my point. The only thing I was trying to say is that I just don't feel that Killzone goes with any themes that make the story have any sort of like weight that makes it very interesting. That's fine. Yeah. Like yeah. in three, all they're doing is like, yeah, they're bad. We're gonna kill them all. And in two, they and in two, they at least had the character Garza who added like the Dom. Like I was telling him, he reminded me of Dom from Gears of War. He adds like the player, almost like human perspective. But then they killed Garza, so now they don't even have him. So the only characters you're left Spoilers. with are dumb. Well, he killed him in two. I so. know. <laughs> but, yeah, so the only characters you're left with in three are these guys that are just like, fuck yeah, meatheads. Hmm. And that kind of gets tiresome, you know? Like Especially because the whole idea of Killzone 3, if you played through two, is that at the very end of two, it ends kind of somberly, like you're fucking stuck on this planet, alone, cut mm-hmm. off. And so in three... It just like does this jumping around in time, like six months later or six months later. You don't find out anything that's happening. They allude that your guys are like struggling to survive in the like the Hellgas jungle and stuff. But it'd be so much cooler if we got to explore that idea of these guys basically being like a hidden rebel force on this planet. You know, doing having how are they getting their food? How are they doing these things with the fuel? You know, but they, they don't ever explore any of these themes that could have made it like a potentially more nuanced story instead of them just always being like fuck yeah, kill them all, Higgs, Higgs, Higgs. You know, yeah. it's just like they just vilify them so much. And I feel like the very first Killzone did a better job, even if the story wasn't great in that either. But they did a much better job of like kind of having interplay with characters that made you think, oh, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. The, the, it just had more varied themes. But And, th- and this isn't a fair statement to make, but I'm going to make it anyway. Like, I, I feel like I've been, as far as first person shooters go, uh, I feel like the game I've been playing the most for decades now is Wolfenstein or Doom. You know, that it's just like the same thing over and over and over again. And like, of course, there are very notable exceptions to that. But sometimes that's just how I feel. Is that like, you know, I've had enough of this. Yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I I still think that it's fun. Like, in kills, like when I played something like Uncharted, I was playing that with like kind of the not as great mechanics. But the reason I was playing it is like I was always just trying to progress through the story to see the next cool thing. And in Killzone, it was like I couldn't wait to for the story to end so that I could get to the next combat scenario that would actually be pretty fun. I actually, I would disagree and say that Uncharted 2 has better mechanics than any Killzone I've played yet. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not meaning to compare them like that. I'm just merely complaining for like, like the reason that I'm playing Uncharted is story first, mechanics second, second. you know, and the the reason I'm playing Killzone is totally like, I love the combat and I love the scenarios they set up, the little battlefield and the skirmishes they put you in. But the story, I could, I could fucking care less. Yeah, like I, don't, is, I don't remember the it story. It is totally throwaway so, yeah. now. 
I'm, I would be playing for the same reason I would play pretty much whoops any any uh, shooter game that has like quality mechanics or really right. You're basically just playing it because you're like, oh, this next skirmish they put me in is really cool. So mm-hmm. I guess I, it's it's only more it's more surprising when a game that you're playing for mechanics and graphics and that sort of set pieces that sort of stuff, like when it does have a story that turns out to be yeah. sort of okay, it's like surprising. Yeah, I think yeah, it happens more often. I mean, I to be honest. I usually don't like the Call of Duty stories at all, mm-hmm. and I don't even—I didn't—I—I I don't remember all that much of it. So I don't usually like Call of Duty stories, <laughs> yeah, but I thought either. the Black Ops story was—I liked like, the Black Ops story. Like yep. interesting, so did I. Compared to some of the other ones, yep. and that was you know surprising to me because that I was you know expecting to not even want to pay attention. to. Right. You know, I, exactly. But uh, so Killzone, I think, is the is in the other camp. But I will say, like, it, just forget about it. Just shoot the stuff. You if, know? You wanna, <laughs> if you want to, if you want a PS3 shooter for multiplayer, like. You know, I don't necessarily agree with everything that like Jim Sterling said in his review and destructed, right? But dude, but but I will say that that dude totally is right about the multiplayer. The multiplayer is really fun, and I know that I didn't talk about it too much in mine because I I'm much more of a campaign person than a multiplayer person when it comes to shooters. Mm. But Killzone's multiplayer is probably probably one of the best multiplayer games you can play on PS3 outside of like a Call of Duty or something, right? Like as far as Bad Company Two and Bad Company Two as well. But Killzone is a different feel because it's. The battlefields are much smaller. There's not vehicles, you know. I mean, there's the occasional vehicle like a mech, but it's not like battlefield. I think that it's the it's the way the games are structured that's just totally different than anyone else. It's one of those things where like you you think about oh, not that many people ripped off uh, 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 advanced reload from Gears of War. Mm-hmm. I feel like that about Killzone, Killzone's mm-hmm. multiplayer, where they, they put you in a map. And you are given the, a, a quick objective, yeah, and then as soon cool. as that objective's over, it like switches to another one. And some objectives take like you know two to five minutes to complete, and that then you'll come up. They'll load one where it's like over in thirty seconds. Right. I mean, enemy territory games one. have done that before. Really? Well, as well. that's where uh, that's okay. Well, that makes sense. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, okay. But, well, that's but, good to know that they're not the only ones doing. Yeah, it. enemy that territory quake really wars. Great. You know, mm. the guys that made Brink, like yeah. they were doing that with. Okay. Um, that's good because I really that's when I played Killzone two I was like this is great uh, you know and they do and they still have, have that in loads. in three and they've added a new mode which is really just a play off of that same thing we're changing objectives yeah. except that it's progressing on a battlefield and if you're really a badass like if Matt was like scored the most points in that section of the thing which Matt would be in the cutscene where it would show like <laughs> Matt's character with his tag about his head planting the explosive and everyone would have to watch that you know as Matt's guy <laughs> was like being really a badass cool. that's cool. But uh, because the other times, you know, like normally it's just like, well, I'm at the top of the scoreboard. I hope everybody else noticed that. Yeah. Well, in in three, one thing they've really improved too is if two, you remember, like the only way you could like get the like med gun to actually bring people back from the dead was to sit there and suffer through playing a medic who didn't have like, you know, certain abilities and stuff like that. Now it's like, it's just unlock points. So you play, and every time you reach an experience bar, you get an unlock point. And that can be spent on any class how you want. So if right off the bat you're like, I just want to grind on a soldier because the soldier is the most fun to me right off the bat, then you get three unlock points. You can go spend those all on the medic and all of a sudden outfit the medic with like a gun and a, a healing weapon, and now he's like totally viable right off the bat. And you know you don't have to sit there and force your way through a class that sucks just to make that class something you want to make it. You know? That's cool. Right. I, I like that. Me too. And if you were to or pre-order it off Amazon, you got like six unlock points to start with. So, hmm. um, <laughs> but yeah, Killzone is, is a really really good game. I mean, I, I think that it is. If you like shooters and have a PS3, there's like no reason not to play it in my mind. Mm. That's cool. Like I, I figured I'd probably play it, but I'm not that. But don't worry about playing with about Move. 
Really? Yeah, I mean, with Move, it's totally fine. Like, it, it's, it's it's totally functional, right? Like, I just, when I played, I was like, man, I would just never choose to play it this way with, right, the, with right. a controller instead. Wow. Like, for certain people that don't play shooters, it might be really cool because there is the option with Move to basically have it whenever you zoom in, it auto-locks on the target. Like, and it'll basically just sit there fixed on them. Yeah, it's like um, uh, uh, Metroid Prime 3 and the re-releases of two and one right when they came out on wii where you would lock onto someone and then you were still aimed at yeah i could like aim at their foot i could aim at their head but you're locked onto them i think there are certain things that can make it cool like that but so the do you think that if somebody was really good at the move controls they would be at any kind of disadvantage no 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 i mean the, the one thing i will say is that they did a good job with the move controls of uh of giving you like the ability to change your dead zone and all those things mm-hmm. to really like customize it, you know. Did they which give you nice. one of those wacky uh, plastic gun things? No, they did not give me one of the wacky plastic guns. But you can play it with the wacky plastic gun. No, I mean, I it, I think that the west the <laughs> it was wacky made plastic for gun was made for you. Yeah. No, I, I was I, just curious if that. I would like they sent around the review kit that was like the game and the wacky plastic gun. No, if they're gonna send that bullshit, they should have sent like a 3D TV along with it too. Yeah, it, really. it supports 3D if you have yeah. a 3D yeah, TV. Yeah, I know. There's a lot. This this game. This will be the year where lots of 3D games come out. Right, but it's like you know, hey, every like you know, all three people that are able to use that—that's yeah. cool. <laughs> I want to go to one of those three people's house, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's Killzone. Cool, man. That's awesome. I understand, Ryan. Oh, right. You've been taking a tour of Japanese games. Yeah. Not okay. So, I, I when I was coming on the show this week, I thought the only thing I had played is. Dead Space 2 and Dead Space 1, but then I realized... Which we're that, not going to talk about. Yeah, we're not going to talk about <laughs> that. And then I realized that I had actually been playing Peace Walker. So, as uh, Peace Walker, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. I'm sorry, I'm talking fast and slurring here. Um, I have a lot of UMDs, a whole bunch of them, and it's really sad to know. I mean, it's not surprising in any case at all, but it's really sad that, you know, they're... Basically, you know they're going, locked to my PS, PSP systems that I currently have. Yeah, exactly. They're they're gonna they're you can't play them on a next gen on the next PSP. I mean, yeah, like I would maybe consider sending in the actual UMDs to Sony to get a code download. back for a download. Yeah. Like that is how much I would like to be able to. You know, Steam has Steam has me spoiled, and mm-hmm. you know, just being able to load up your content on any device is just great. So anyway. I don't. I can't. I couldn't. I. I wanted to play Peace Walker. I realized that I had. It was like the only Metal Gear ever that I didn't get right when it came out and and mm-hmm. play it. Um, I just missed it because I didn't really want to play anything on PSP when it came out uh, last year. Uh, but I decided that I did want to play it, and uh, I didn't want to get a UMD, and it was a real hassle. Like on the PlayStation Store, if you go to the you know sort by letter and go to M. It doesn't even show up. It's really weird. And then What's if you, under? I don't know. And then if you search, <laughs> if you search by term, if you search for Peace Walker, yeah, then it comes up. And there's a link to Peace Walker. There's a link to a few bundle, uh, bundle packs that have different, uh, like a digital comic in one. There's another one that comes with Portable Ops, and there's mm. one that comes with Portable Ops Plus, which is a standalone multiplayer expansion pack for Portable Ops. Mm. Um, if you click on just Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. It says this game does not exist. <laughs> I never thought I'd say this, but I kind of hate digital distribution right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> um, so that sucked. Uh, and then I was like, okay, well, the the price is going to be twenty nine ninety nine, which is like, you know, thirteen dollars more than I would pay if I just run to 
GameStop right now and drives by the UMD. Yeah. On the other hand, I'm going to get a second game with it when I buy it because the bundles, they do show up on like the, the, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the game. solo game. So yeah. I decided to buy it with uh, Portable Ops because uh, I was like, found out that Portable Ops Plus is just a multiplayer thing. I was mm-hmm. like, I'll get it with Portable Ops. Mm-hmm. So I started to download it and it took a long, long time. Then I realized I had Portable Ops on a disc because I already had the UMD. So that was that was retarded. I mean, sad. I mean, damn it. Uh, so uh, Peace Walker is actually really good. I played a bit of Portable Ops now. I remember so- that I had the, the, the UMD. And the thing, the main thing that they fixed is that the control is actually pretty darn good in this game. I was going to say, what do you think about it, like, for someone like me who got kind of burnt out, like, three kind of burnt me out, and I didn't even really, like, want to play four. Do you think I would? Because I, I, I love yeah, two. I, would, I love two. See, I, two is my least favorite one, so. I think three is probably, is, is probably the best game. All said and done, it's, it, you know. It has the most solid story. The en- the boss enemies. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Three has a really bad first hour, um, in my opinion. There's a lot of li- looking at the codec and listening and uh, whatever. But then all of a sudden, something really wild happens in a cutscene, and then they play the opening credits, and it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. And then you know, about an hour after that, it begins a really wicked series of of uh, boss battles. And all the bosses are wildly different, and yeah, and and, it, and it's cool. And I think this the story by the it was, time. I mean, it's I still the thing I liked ass, about Metal Gear Solid. Cool. That's the thing is that when I played boss battles in four, yeah, yeah, that's they're good in four. So I hadn't yeah. played. I never played one, right? I never played Metal Gear Solid. But when I played two, I was like, oh shit, this is my first time doing like a crazy stealth action game. Like that's what I liked it. Mm. And I saw past the like the fat dude on the roller skates and all that other bullshit. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to three and that chick drove a motorcycle up. She does like a 360 loop off his body. Yeah. And I was like, nope. (laughs) Yeah, that's in the first hour. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah I, I mean it's hard to argue with that. How can it's anyone? Just, nobody edits Kojima. That's that's what I'm saying. They all praise the storytelling, but just, she drove a fucking motorcycle up his body. The storytelling, the internet. People that don't know any better, I guess. Anyway, oh, come on, Kojima is worshipped online for his storytelling. Oh, I don't. I I think he's. I don't know. I I, I feel like Shane worships him, and then everyone calls him a, a fool and says like, <laughs> bullshit. He's referred to as a visionary. <laughs> Kojima? Yes. Yeah, by some people and other people. I don't know. I don't think you can generally say that he's he's a visionary game creator and he does lots of interesting I things. I think the general Games Press narrative is that Kojima is a masterful storyteller. Okay, well, I disagree that I disagree and I disagree. I disagree that he's a storyteller and a uh, masterful storyteller and I disagree that he so, is thought of that way by the most I mean most of the Let's game say press. with Peace Walker, right? Yeah. So Peace if Walker. if I don't really care about the story as much, are the the scenarios in like like kind of the the covert stuff? Is it really like is it is it more of a covert game or is it more like four? Um, it's so it's a portable game first and foremost. I mean, everything is split into really small chunks, like mis- you know missions that are bite sized enough that you could actually finish them in a in a sitting. Imagine that. But the cutscenes are not so you the game starts and you're like man i really have been watching this cutscene for like 25 minutes holy <laughs> shit uh but you know once 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 the game has presented keep in mind i'm not very far i just started i probably put about two hours into it but uh once the game sort of presents everything that it's got you sort of get a hub area where you can do um 
uh, management of you basically save recruits and then you put them onto teams that help you do R and D research better or mm. um, combat teams. There's like this whole sort of Assassin's Guild esque, you know, uh, mini game that is is pretty rewarding and it's fun to sort of manage this stuff in the menus. If you like that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, that's how you unlock weapons and that sort of stuff. And then you pick missions from a mission select menu. So there is a a single player campaign, or it's not even single. It's saying single player is wrong because you can do it co op. I think I haven't mm-hmm. got a chance to do that yet. But uh, uh, you know, there is a campaign that has a has a story, and it's I guess, I guess it's a little bit less silly than a lot of the Metal Gear Solid storylines thus far. Um, and it's fine, and, but the missions themselves are pretty fun, and I did a pretty good job of not killing anyone until a mission that I've been playing recently, uh, where shit just got too hot and I had to pull out my gun. But the whole point of this game is that if you you get a score at the end of each mission, and they are asking to be replayed, so I could definitely go back and try again and, and try to do it without without killing anyone. Um, the mechan- So the reason I like it is that it controls really well. You uh, move with the right stick the analog stick and then uh use the d-pad or not the d-pad the face buttons as like a alternate d-pad for uh aiming Mm -hmm. and some people hate that but i've always been able to get into it It just takes it's definitely not as precise as having two analog sticks but i I got used to when i played socom yeah i played socom and i've played uh siphon filter they use oh yeah yeah they use the up d-pad as an action button Mm -hmm. down this crouch and left and right, if you hold them on the D-pad, uh, like access your uh, menu. item and, and health menu or and weapons menu, and it, it works pretty well. And uh, you know, graphically, it's no slouch, especially on the PSP. Mm-hmm. I mean, it looks really good. It's got that kind of dithering um, that a lot of, most PSP games have, but uh, yeah, it looks good. It's it's uh, it's really competent. They, I feel like there's less voice than there was in the demo version that came out. Like there was a sort of part of the tutorial area where once you got to it, you're, this dude just spouting, started spouting off a bunch of crap. Hey, shoot over here. You could shoot this and this and this. You could, like, grab I, I had just played it before I got the full game. Hmm. And in the full game, the guy's voice isn't there. The subtitles still come up, but they... I, I don't know if it was a size limitation or what, but hmm. they, they removed voices from the game. Hmm. Uh, from the demo. Hmm. But it's... it's uh, so far, so good. I'm having a good time with it. I think it could be fun as a multiplayer game, but even as... You know, even playing it solo, it's a, it's, it's a pretty nice PSB experience. Um, it if you don't like it, you know, if, to answer your question, I don't even know if you should worry. Like I would say that playing, I'd rather you play Metal Gear Solid Three and see what you think about that. And yeah, to be fair, more, the version but, of Three I had too also was the 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 recognized crappy one, but I could never bring myself to buy the new one because I didn't want to buy the same game twice. Right. I yeah. I don't. Subsistence was the good one, and I had the. I bought it the day it came out. Yeah, you have Snake Eater. Yeah, Snake Eater. Yeah, I. Yeah, it's it's much easier to play if you go back with Subsistence and play it. But I, I think I did when I played through it. I played through Snake Eater. <laughs> I just got used to the weird, crappy, old school controls. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It would be really hard to go back now. I'm sure to that version of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it, it's so far Peace Walker is good. I'm not far enough in to say like whether or not. It's super great or anything, but it's it's definitely been a. I'm not angered about my purchase, even though it was really like the purchase a pain itself in the ass was a pain find. in the ass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I did want. I just don't want to. I was, I guess, to use the Sony term, future proofing myself to make sure that I could 
you know, take this game with me. Maybe for the next one, you'll actually have to set a series of purchases to collapse onto each other before it dumps this game on. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was off. I don't. I want. I what I want someone Sony to do is, you know, obviously this doesn't wouldn't hurt or wouldn't help them. Maybe unless that it costs people to buy more stuff from the PSN store. But I'd love if they had a a guy on staff or a woman who uh, watched <laughs> a person, a person on say. staff that. Uh, Watched the prices of games at retailers and then adjusted the prices on PSN accordingly. You know, I feel like the prices change so much on Steam and that's really valuable. Like, Mm -hmm. there's always a sale or, you know, if you are, if there's a game you want on Steam, you can just sort of keep your eye on it and, you know. There will always be a 30% off day or something. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Just like, keep, remember, this is the one I want and you'll be able to get it at a good price. Well, yeah, but I mean, even if they did that on the PSN store, you'd never find it. Just because their interface is terrible. Well, I mean, I like as long to, as you can search. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, their interface search. should be better. I, as a guy who really appreciates good UI, yeah, it's not good. But I don't really like a lot of the Xbox's interface either. So I don't yeah. feel like anyone's really got it. And that's not as big a deal to me as like how much I actually have to pay for the games. And yeah. if, if they just adjusted the prices accordingly, because like, literally I could walk into GameStop right now if it was open. So I guess not literally. <laughs> uh, you could walk into a store. like... Seventeen ninety nine used, maybe nineteen ninety nine new, mm-hmm. and the price was non existent, I guess, and then twenty nine ninety nine. <laughs> right. So I would have preferred to, preferred to pay a lower price for it, but and I wish Sony cared enough about their customers to really make that digital store experience better. But, no. I, I don't know that it's care so much as a it's hard to it's do hard. a good digital yeah. store. Mm-hmm. I think that that's been demonstrated, and B. Um, I don't, it's it's very complicated from a retail perspective to to do a digital store that competes effectively with brick and mortar. Right. right. That's the thing. It's like you know that I, I one thing I didn't say is that I'm willing to pay up to five dollars more than the the retail price at a store just to be able to get it digitally and take it with me. So I understand that they you know that. Um, the store gets, you know, the retailer gets a cut. So you're mm-hmm. sort of bypassing the middleman. You don't want to make them angry. But there's just a big difference between paying $30 for something and paying like $20 for something. Yeah. And I would, I think I would gladly pay more on the digital store for now, even though I think it's crazy because there's no packaging and stuff. But I understand the the business of it enough to know that I, it, to me, is worth paying a few more dollars just to get the digital version. How so. do you feel about the way that Games on Demand on the 360 has evolved over the last year? So I have a small hard drive. I've never bought one because my hard drive is really small, yeah, and I think same. the prices for Xbox hard drives are insane, and I never did that. Now I have a memory stick, like a 32-gig memory mm-hmm. stick that's plugged in, but I've been using it. Well, you can only use 16 gigs of it no matter. That mm-hmm. is That is one thing. And the other thing is that I've been using it for game install, uh, game installs was the first right. time I've ever gotten to use it. For, I've never had the extra space, and now I'm like, oh, cool! I can install a game. It's yeah. really great. But I haven't Xbox hard drives. The the expense of them it, it blows my fucking mind. Just because it it seems like a terrible business idea. Are the uh, just, unfortunately, just, it's a fucking fantastic business idea. Out of the, very I'm just curious. I'm just curious. I don't know the, uh, as if you guys have a slim because. You know, on my on my fat no, PS th- on my fat PS3, right? It's like super easy to pop out the hard drive. I don't know. Is it still easy on the Slims to swap them out? I don't know about the Slim. It, it is actually easy mm-hmm. to swap the hard drive out, but you still have to buy like a 360 formatted drive. No, no, no. I'm talking about on the Slims. I mean, yeah. I, that's some PS3s. Oh, 
Because, yeah. uh, yeah, you know, like everyone always talked about, oh, this yeah, the PS3, I just bought a 500 gig laptop hard drive and threw yeah, it in. Totally. Yeah. yeah, I think the last update kind of borked hard drive upgrades, but I don't it know. It did if temporarily. Fixed it. I'm sure they will. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, yeah, it's still easy to do that. Yeah, my PS3, I still have the 60 gig that came with it, but I, I'm constantly... That's what I have, too, but I'm, I'm always interested about upgrading in, it. In, in doing that, yeah, so I could buy more games the digitally. The other thing is I'm afraid, I'm kind of afraid of it going. Like, there's, for some reason, yeah. my PS3 hard drive, I really don't want that thing to go bad, so... No, my, my I'd, PS3... I'd like to back it up soon. My PS3 occasionally has problems recognizing a Blu-ray movie, right when I put it in the drive. Oh, and I, and I, that's the worst one! And oh, I, no. uh, yeah, and I <laughs> and I have to restart the system and try to get it to come up. So I'm like, I'm really because sc- it's time to buy. Play. It's time to buy a new PS3 and set that one aside yeah. for yeah. the times when you really need the backwards compatibility Could, or yeah, something. Because I'm totally keeping that one because it's first gen and yeah. it's like really valuable to me. Right, but watching Blu-ray movies on it is a good way to wear it out. Well, I hardly ever watch movies on it. That's why I was surprised. You know, I, my PS3 actually mostly collects dust. It actually makes me sad now when there are more PS3 games that don't install. Like a big install sometimes because I'm like, fuck, this means it's going to spin all the time. It's going to spin all the time anyway. The only reason that it's installing is to minimize load times. Mm. Like, that's just sort of the way it is. Mm. Mm. But yeah, I, uh, I don't have any problems with I'm games, sorry. but the Blu-ray movies are, are have become an issue, I've noticed. That's like the scariest thing for me. I really don't want to lose my PS3. Yeah, me. Or, and like, there's no way I'm. <laughs> wow, it's it magically repaired. freeing have a non having a non backwards compatible PS3. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I've never had that. I guess it's just that knock on wood. Like I've never had any problems with mine. Yeah. But you remember what it used to be like when you had a CE burner when you needed one of those yeah. things, and like yeah. you burnt your first coaster, and then every time after that you sat and watched that progress bar to make sure that nothing went wrong. <laughs> and when I don't it know. Did, it was like soul crushingly bad. Honestly, That's how though, I feel when, if I had when, Matt's PS3 right now. When have you? Uh, when? How many times have you used your PS3's backwards compatible? I'm just genuinely curious because I have a backwards compatible. I went out of my way to get and, one, and honestly, but darn, I have quite, used it quite a darn lot twice. Actually. I have a big PS2 collection, and I do. Me too, but I've only ever actually used it twice. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't have more. a giant PS2 collection, you know. But like, I do have some PS2 games, and they do look better on my PS3 than they will any other way. I just I don't want to plug in a PS2. Like, it, you yeah, know, I, I I can really set. It annoys the shit out of me, but I, I can really tell the difference between an HDMI signal and a, mm-hmm. a component signal. Mm-hmm. I really wish I couldn't, but <laughs> I can, and. Uh, it's hard. It's hard like, to go like back. I, and see, I know that, you know, like Eco and Shadow <clears> of the Colossus, I will play those again. You know, at, at some point. Right, right, when when yeah, you will when they released on Blu-ray. Exactly. In, in one month. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All the good PS2 games are that slowly but surely. not true. You there shut is, your mouth. I'm right. <laughs> there, is a, there is a God of War collection. There is a Sly collection. And there will be the Eco Shadow of the Colossus and collection. And there is a busted-ass Prince of Persia collection. Right. And, and, there's, there's, a, a, and there's a Splinter Cell collection. Which is probably going to be a busted-ass there will be a tomb. There will be a Tomb Raider one, and I guess Beyond Good and Evil is coming out in HD. But none I have of those zero things. Zero hope for Beyond Good and Evil. So do I. I mean, it's, Beyond Good I don't and really, Evil. Is, I played it. I played, I played it in it HD P- in the PC. I played it on PC. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's the same. I game. saw it. At, I saw it at CES. It's the PC version of the yeah, game. Exactly. That's, that's yeah. I'm, well, I'd whatever. Rather, it's I mean, fine. You know, it's, I'm glad people get a chance to get it now if they haven't had a chance. But yeah. they're hyping it up like some HD remake and or like HD reimagining, and it's just not. No, it doesn't have like higher resolution textures or anything like that. But. Um, so I, I do use my backwards compatibility, but right. and I don't. I disagree that all the good games are coming out that way. So. I'm just obviously I don't agree with that, considering I have a ton of PS2 games. 
Like uh, I actually really like I have the Mark of Cree games too, and I know that those probably aren't going to be released in an HD collection, and I like those games. Matt, have you been playing anything other than Dead Space Two? Really? Yes, and this is a moment where you can start ignoring us again because it's an iPhone game. Okay, well you're going to speed it up. <laughs> I'm going to speed it up. We're just uh, fine. iPhone time, game time constraint. It's I don't have that much to say about it anyway. It's uh, Dungeon Hunter Two. Which is a game loft game. I've thought about getting that one. Yeah, it's uh, it's game in, loft. It's basically uh, it's uh, dungeon like another siege. game. It's like dungeon it's exactly siege. Exactly like dungeon siege. It's it's a dungeon siege game. It's a uh, it's an action RPG and uh, it controls fairly well. I actually tried some four player co op today and it ran fine. You know, like uh, um, on our Wi Fi though. I haven't tried it over sure. G, but it ran fine on Wi Fi and. Uh, yeah, I don't. It has the enjoyable aspects of a dungeon siege, but of course, it has some of the awkwardness that a game off game always has. Things like, you know, invisible walls where it doesn't seem like there should be. Like, uh, and the biggest issue that I keep running into is like a Diablo game or like a dungeon siege. There's like a million barrels and pots to break everywhere. Only I'll run up to them with my character and swing my weapon, and nothing will happen. I have to use like a special attack to to hit them, and it's because you have to be like the exact right distance. And the hitboxes on the characters and the terrain and everything is really weird. So it's like it, it seems like I sort of get stuck in this weird nether zone in between the jar and the world, and like can't hit anything. I do like that GameLoft makes these games that are a little bit more ambitious for the iPhone, even yeah. if they are obviously aping. Like, yeah, like, I, I, I honestly yeah. feel like they'll eventually make enough money from these ape games, and they'll. Get enough people. I mean, their studio's got to be bigger than like the vast majority of all iPhone developers. Yeah. Eventually, they'll be like, "All right, you team that says you want to make an original game, go for it. We've got everything else. We're mm-hmm. copying. We're making uh, uh, covers of every other game out there already." So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it'd be one thing if there were if the people that make Dungeon Siege were making Dungeon Siege for iPhone. iPhone right. But since they're not, it's kind of nice having someone around like GameLoft who will give you these. Yeah. yeah games and i looked it, over matt's shoulder and i thought it looked pretty darn good actually yeah, the the graphics are i really like the environment yeah. and the uh, and your character is small enough on screen that your items and stuff even though it's low res and low poly and everything like that it looks good then the, the animations aren't too bad either so i mean it has like niggling control issues i get caught i get stuck on terrain a lot and i instead of like it has, you know, like uh, you expect in this day and age that if you run into a corner, your character will kind of mush around it and keep going. Not in this game. You run into a corner and you, you're stuck. You have to back up, turn around, and run around the corner. Can I just take a moment to express how impressed I am, regardless of my feelings about iPhone games, that I see so many of them running at seemingly 60 frames a second? This one doesn't, but yes. There are quite a few of them. It's like um, Dead Space weird. 2, I, Dead totally Space iOS. Yeah. Yep. yeah, Dead Space iOS, yeah, runs great. Um, okay. the, Continue uh, talking about the shitty game. <laughs> so wait, did, Matt, how, shitty. how much is it? Because Gameloft, I was going to say, yeah, Gameloft's one of the companies that does tend to make the quote-unquote more expensive the, the, games the, on iPhone. It's, it's a $5 game. Okay. So. And and like I'm playing, you know, I've put several hours into it, and like I can see myself putting several more into it. The single player campaign is pretty fun, even if it's sort of straightforward and generic. You know, the um, it's just uh, I I like action RPGs. I like being a loot whore. You know, and this game sort of fulfills both of those things. I think if I were uh, Game Loft, I would hire. I would look for two specific types of people to hire right now, and it would be you know one guys. And, des- and hackers and yes. designers. Hackers and a, ga- and a game designer. <laughs> uh, game dev story. No, I I would hire like someone from a 
that you know someone from the God of War team or someone from a fighting game team, someone who really understands really like the combat. quality of controls, like yeah. like the difference, you know what? So what they a could try and do make. something crazy. No, not crazy. I just I feel like the main thing is like the games look like you know you're like oh this is like this is such like a Uncharted. weird game that looks like Uncharted, but mm-hmm. you know then the controls are very clearly like if you look at a screenshot or a movie, it looks really close, but then when you start playing it, it's like it's not quite right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like just having someone who is really good about that on staff, they would probably start really alleviating that problem. Yeah, and then um a uh, like a. Uh, 2d and ui user interface menu sort of guy because it seems like their 3d stuff is pretty good i mean at ripping off other stuff right (laughs) and those uh, that those are the areas that are lacking and eventually they'll get a copy that's so good that people won't be able to hate on it for it being a copy like so far none of them are good and like you know, there's a game that looks like Soul Calibur, but it doesn't play enough like it that anyone who likes Soul Calibur would actually want to play it. Mm-hmm. Um, right, or there's Uncharted, or there's one that's like GTA. or Exactly. You know? So yeah. eventually they'll get it. You know, yeah. eventually they'll make one that people are like, fuck, this is actually... They'll call it I mean, good on its own merit say, rather than saying, well, it's kind of like an iPhone version of GTA. Right. Well, in this one, you know, the Dungeon Hunter apparently did well enough that they made Dungeon Hunter 2, there which is the one I'm playing. So, <laughs> Yeah. So I, yeah... I I I want to hate Gameloft more than I actually sort of do because <laughs> well, like they, you, it's like you said if if you don't number one people can vote with their dollar if they don't like it they don't need to be buying these games and two it's not like anyone else is making the games for this for this system yeah. right so yeah well and the, they actually experimented with control issues or control schema as well you can actually play it kind of like you would. A dungeon seizure diablo you can tap on the screen to make your character run or tap on enemies to attack them but i actually found the virtual stick to work a lot better hmm. Hmm. um so that's that are there unless you want me to talk about wow Arthur, i know you do i can tell arthur explain to the world why you fucking rated two worlds two the way you did how could you do that <laughs> to the hopes and dreams God damn it of fantasy game I lovers talk about it at all well you don't have to i mean i talked about it last week i thought yeah. I, I someone pointed out and i because i forgot like that i actually summed it up well by saying that in a lot of ways playing two worlds two is like trying to kick yourself in the nuts backwards <laughs> um there's fun to be had in two worlds too like there's some cool stuff like the loot system is is pretty awesome because Everything you find is useful. Like, well, even trash. Re- well, rather than talking about the things you liked, you should tell everyone about what you discovered via the internet. Oh, last so what did you discover? The console okay. versions of 2 World 2 have a debug console. Yeah, you can totally bring up a debug um, console. On the 360 version, Whoa. if you hold down the left and right bumpers, hit start, then up on the D-pad, then start, then down on the D-pad, it brings up a command prompt. It sounds like something they forgot to turn um, off. Yes, <laughs> and you can turn on God mode, you can you change have, the lighting. If wow. you have a keyboard or a chat pad, you can just type commands straight in. Holy <laughs> shit, that's right. awesome. <laughs> if you hit X on the controller, it brings up the on-screen 360 input. Wow. Um, <clears throat> yeah, you can totally turn off like lighting effects and any aliasing, or zoom the camera out like a thousand yeah. times. Zoom the camera way out. You can turn gravity <laughs> like way down. Like I did a ten thousand foot jump. Whoa! Um, <laughs> I mean, I know that they, I know they don't do this like for achievement reasons and all kinds of other reasons. No, the but... only thing that disables achievements is enabling cheat mode. Right. So doing but a I mean, like uh, jump, totally there was a, a couple weeks ago, I was on the on the Mobcast and we were talking about cheats. And I was like, you know what? That's one thing that I still love about PC gaming 
is that like if I want to fuck around with a game and just like make shit go crazy, they're almost all PC games have a console or like text files that you can edit and stuff like that to just mess with stuff. And for mm. me, that's fun. It like Two Worlds Two's got it too. The life of a game. Yeah. Now Two Worlds Two has it on <laughs> a console. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yes. You yeah. Can. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's cool that it's in there. Yeah. Like, I think that there there are things to recommend Two Worlds to to some people. But it's such a quintessential fans of the genre kind of game, and and I hate saying that because we make fun of that. But in some cases, it's true. Like if you're super obsessed with like fantasy action RPGs, then right, these are the, these, you over until these are the same people that are going to be like, you know what? I really liked Risen, that Risen game, even though or that was broken all over the place. I I would like murder a room full of people for a new Oblivion game. <laughs> well, maybe this will keep you from murdering for a little while, so you can get <laughs> so you can wait till Skyrim comes out. So wait, before I made you talk about this baby game, what were you actually going to talk about? I was just going to mention that I played Deus Ex. Oh. <gasps> um. I want to hear about this. And I can say very little about Deus Ex. I played actually about two and a half hours. I have never wanted the to be game. able to mind meld with somebody more than right I now. I can only talk about about 25 minutes, if that, of the game. All of which you've seen in the trailer that released mm. today, if you looked at it. Um, if I if <clears> I offer sexual favors, will you tell me more later off the air? Sure. Cool. Wow! If really, you, <laughs> man. I mean, See, I'm I pretty would, sure I, would, I talked with you guys about it last week. I would consider <laughs> sexual favors if I got you know a copy of the game or something. But I mean, all you want them to do is talk like, about the it. The reason that I can't, I don't want to say very much of it about it, is because these are the things I can't talk about. I can't talk about abilities. Mm -hmm. I can't talk about decisions. Mm -hmm. I can't talk about any of that shit. I can't talk about anything that happens after the credits start. Wow! Crazy. So, well, talk about what you can talk about. Uh, so, the parts that I played is it introduces Adam Jensen. It introduces story elements. It establishes that his wife works for Serif, the mm -hmm. company that you see. Um, it explains how Jensen is injured. It explains what happens to her, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, it establishes relationships. The voice acting is good. Mm -hmm. I was very worried about the voice acting mm -hmm. after seeing the last CG trailer because it was very pretentious and hyper melodramatic and lame mm -hmm. very square. square i was gonna say it was, it was a square trailer so uh, do, they, do they have a uh um an evil rival corporation called sans serif <laughs> i sort of love that i question. don't know yet <laughs> uh it's clear uh, that this world like there's a lot of resistance to augmenting mm. and body modification mm-hmm uh, and that's going to be a big part of the game later, I think. I mean, mm. I'm pretty sure. Uh, so far, really, the only gameplay mechanic that that first 20 minutes explores is shooting. Mm. And to be completely honest, in the versions that we played, the shooting was not very good. Oh. And that could be entirely a a performance issue. Mm -hmm. uh, because, I mean, the game really is still stuff. months and months away. Probably the yeah. end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But aiming is slow. It's sluggish. Mm -hmm. um, there, you don't aim down the sights by hitting the left trigger. It's by clicking in a stick. Uh, That's always weird. If in the final game you have the ability to use southpaw sticks in Deus Ex, you have me to thank for it. <laughs> I'm just going to say that on the record right really? now. Wow. Because that was not in the game that I played, and I made a very specific point to mention it to the designers, and mm -hmm. I said, why is this not here? And mm -hmm. I explained why it's a problem. Mm -hmm. And that dates back to Quake 3 on the Dreamcast. <laughs> um, 
it it shows a lot of promise in that first part and the credits mm-hmm. are actually really awesome and the story that it establishes are awesome but everything that you want to know that we could talk about from that part is in the trailer mm. so gotcha yeah I, I feel bad for people that actually really had to write a preview for that by today. Because yeah, that would have been awful. There's You're very, basically describing the trailer. Yeah, there's just very little to talk about. That's that's a big problem in game media and like preview coverage in yeah. general. Just like trying to drag out as many previews as possible. Yeah. Um, this week you can talk about the first 20 minutes. Next yeah. week um, you can talk about the last. But next week shit. I can talk about the first half of Bulletstorm. Oh, that's good. So... Cool. Again, uh, dragging out coverage. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't know if I'll write a preview on it, but I can talk about it. Um, so <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, I think we should take a break. Unless you had anything else. Um. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we take breaks. We read letters. We talk. To are, are we gonna read letters? I didn't think we were helping. I'll go read a couple. Yeah, letters. Historical events this week have prompted many accounts as reported and heard on NPR during my morning and afternoon commutes. I can't help but visualize the myriad and intense emotional and cacophonous experience had by anyone being in the midst of these political events. Because he's talking, the title of his email, by the way, is Egypt RPGs and You. Hmm. As a fellow enthusiast of the genre, for I'm grateful you cover both with humor and depth, I really appreciate your program. You put out despite your schedules, blah, 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 blah. What genre? Wait, wait, what is, uh, what, what? What genre? He's talking about I don't know. Yeah, I guess he's just, I guess he's just based on his title. Skip that paragraph. Okay. Not to make light in any way of what is occurring in many parts of the Middle East, I couldn't help but imagine an intense RPG with plenty of decision making, making set in the backdrop of major political movement. Something where your decisions did create an impact on the world you exist in, not as far removed as a fantasy RPG, i.e. do you intervene on the actions of a family member at the risk of a rally? at the cost of your underground political organization? Do you take sides to gain information at the risk of seeming to betray your friends? There's so much rich and emotional game experiences to be had that needn't be an FPS or psychological horror. As fellow champions enthusiasts of interactive media, blah, 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 I'd love to hear what you guys toss out some ideas in the vein of consequence-based RPGs outside what we've become used to. That was Brent, who works in fucking genetics, man. He's got a hardcore signature. I I know. I like his postscript too. He's like, I hope Tyler and I hope Tyler's idea involves something with the impact of organized religion. I mean, to some extent, there are games that kind of tackle this very vaguely, like, yeah. like uh, Evil sort of does, but right? I mean, but that's not an RPG. But I'm, but I'm saying is, I mean, there are games like, uh, like Tropico was the yeah, one that Tropico. came to mind, where it's which like there is a fourth coming out soon, which is like you know you can create. Basically, I mean, not to minimize it, obviously, but you can create scenarios where you oppress people enough that things like what's happening in Egypt on a silly video game scale will happen. And then you have to decide whether you're going to like roll out the military against them. Mm -hmm. You know, there are games that kind of simulate this in a very cartoony way. What was that game? It was it, it was like 2004, 2005 or something like that, where you're trying to get elected. 
and it was it was kind of amazing at the time because you could zoom all the way out and like look at like a city or your country or whatever and you could zoom all the way down into people and see what they were thinking and like you were trying to gain influence to try to black and uh, white no uh -uh. tropico no are you sure you're not describing tropico no, this wasn't Tropico. This was like it, I want to say that it was called Politico or something like that, but I I can't remember. And I'm sure somebody out there can like, you know, recall what or can fill me in on what I'm trying to think of. But it wasn't a very big game. I I think I remember like there because me and a guy who used to work at Games by the Law people might remember uh, Dave Kosak. We were really excited for this game, and when it came out, it was like some kind of ridiculous technical mess, and like it was just it was awful. But the idea of it was like kind of like along the lines of what Brent is talking about and like you know I guess for me I would just like it I would like an RPG that was set in I mean even if it doesn't have directly to do with politics I would just like an RPG set in the real world like real modern day world I mean it's true like like you know while again because I know it's a sensitive topic obviously for people what's going on in Egypt and stuff yeah there is a certain degree of awesome like power in games when they allow you to make decisions that piss that genuinely piss people off mm -hmm. or like you know having to put you in a political situation where you have to make a decision you know isn't going to be popular but you feel like you right. feel like it's going to be long-term successful right you know like civ <laughs> and stuff allows you to do civ 4 allowed you to do certain things with the religion mm -hmm. like forcing a religion on your people stuff like that yeah um but it's true they never really did have that big of a consequence for it like you could force religion and there'd be one turn of anarchy right but you were never dealing with like oh well a secret sect of christianity is slowly <laughs> right. trying to you know bring about change and blah blah blah. it would be yeah. cool to see games that have those kind of social dynamics not only because it's interesting mm -hmm. but it'd be good for more people to kind of learn about yeah exactly. how those things influence them well and another thing i like about his question is that he brings up the and I, i've talked about this several times is the idea of family and let your character have some kind of family and the choice that you make between like your political movement and the health and well-being of your family. I mean, those are like uh, those are like consequential moral gray area kind of decisions that games just don't address address enough. Yeah. Um, the next question or letter is from Adam. He says, I was wondering what you thought of the balance between the difficulty versus the experience of a game. I started thinking about this recently when I started to play Dead Space 1. Knowing I can't handle scary situations, well, I figured I'd put it on easy. That way I still get to experience the game, but I'm under less pressure. Do all of you feel the same way about certain games, or is difficulty like a badge of honor? Sometimes I think difficulty can make part of the experience, though, too. It's, it's tough. It can, yeah. And it, it depends on what you're trying to get out of it. Because if, if you're playing Dead Space for the thrill and the horror of it, and you're never pressured. Right. <laughs> then I, you're not I feel like that ruins it a little bit in Dead Space. But uh, there are lots of games where, you know, I'd gladly play it on easy just to... If, and you know, I'm trying to think of ones in the past year or two that we did Ghost do that. Ghostbusters. Exactly. Ghostbusters was one where I put it on. Ghostbusters was frustrating enough on easy. <laughs> wow. What That's not it? a good sign. I almost feel like at this point, if you're going to play the original Mass Effect and you haven't before, maybe that's, easy would be yeah. the way to go. Yeah, that's probably true too. Because it just, it, you know, it's it's just not red red faction guerrilla. That's the one I was thinking. Yeah, of. that one so definitely yeah. should be on easy. I played that one on medium and totally enjoyed it. I'm not saying it's not enjoyable. I just die. Yeah. I like just wanted to like basically fuck around. And just the and ability easy certainly allows you to do that exactly. Mm -hmm. Just take being able to take more damage. It was like, yeah, this is fun. I didn't, I didn't finish it either. I kind of so. want to play that game again. Yeah, yeah. But I put, I definitely, I moved that to easy really early on. Yeah, and it too. was more fun because of it. I agree. But, but I, I, I think for Dead Space, I would play it on normal. 
And then Dead Space 2 I played on Survivalist. Yeah, I played Dead Space on normal, and I thought, I, at least for me and my skill level or whatever with the game I had, that was kind of the perfect experience of not being too frustrated uh, and not feeling like it was too easy either. Why are you glaring at me, Arthur? What are you talking about? Oh, because we're talking about Dead Space. Well, this question was about Dead Space. Jesus, what are we supposed to do? Talk about something else. Okay, well, there's this guy, Michael, who wrote in uh, just clearing up, you know, how we were talking about Calvary versus Cavalry? Yes. And it was cool because he says, uh, people mix it up often because Calvary was that was the hill that Jesus was crucified on. True. From an ex-Warhammer player, I hear more people say it the incorrect way than the correct way. It's also more of a tongue twister with our American accents to say it the proper way. See, that would make sense why I always heard it mispronounced where it came from, which had probably nothing to do with the fact that people there like to talk like they're rednecks and came probably more from the fact that everyone was serious Bible makers. Right. <laughs> so they had always heard it as, as Calvary as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that makes a, a lot of sense. Um, well, okay. I'm going to read this last one because it's, it's, it's a... So it is from Additional Pylons. Who's written to us before? Because I, yeah, I can't not forget. Sounds familiar. Let's uh, <laughs> construct additional pile. I hate to ask for this kind of thing, but it could be po- it, But could it be possible to give this a quick mention? Which is this is the website stopthemeter.ca. If you hadn't heard, there has recently been change in Canada's internet. The CRTC, Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission, approved UBB usage-based billings, basically oh. ruining businesses for independent ISPs and services such as Steam and Netflix in Canada. Specifically, the Ontario ISP Tech Savvy uh, is going from unlimited or 200 gigabyte bandwidth to 25 gigabytes. Um, so, you know, he just wanted people to, to kind of be aware of that, especially if they're Canadian. Yeah. And I feel that that's something. And I, I would hate life if that was. Dude, uh, that, that's, that's the shit that bears. we're struggling with here, here. in the States. Yep. Right, too. but they've, I mean, like they've done it. P- the yeah, thing they've is, done it. We're lucky that somehow, because people are old and weird, we've got, you know, our normal. Internet is fine, but the wireless internet is going to turn into exactly that. The yeah. you know the cell networks. All right, yeah. I have one last Ugh. one last one last letter before we go into that space. This one's short. From James, has the name of a game ever turned you off from it? I just read a headline for a game titled Anarchy Reign, and it made my gaming boner go more limp. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I never want to play that game nailed that Arthur played. Yeah, there. I was going to say, well, to, to me that's totally happened. Yes, there are totally games. Like for instance. I really am interested in what that studio that's owned by Kurt Schilling is doing. Right. Like, you know, they've brought all these people on board, but the very first name of their game is something totally awful. Like, it could not be more cliche. Remember what it uh, is? Well, I you guys have, tell I'm me a couple names. I think you naming remember. your game Two Worlds 2 is asking yeah, for that. Yeah, that, that was a bad <laughs> yeah, idea. that's a good point. It could have been Two Worlds colon anything else. It, did, yeah. it did invite the greatest strap I've, I've put on a review this year, which is Second World Problems. Ah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, 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 I can't play any games that start with either Todd McFarlane or uh, American McGee anymore, so. Oh. <laughs> it's true. Well, well. I mean, if, are there games? that that's happened to you with i mean there are certain ones that totally i mean that can be retard well idiotic like mario <laughs> party or other things you know like you, you don't say the r word yes i was which okay. is why i stole myself but oh so <laughs> here's that kurt schilling one right we've yeah. been wondering what that guy's working on this is the name of his, of his com- company's first game <laughs> kingdoms of amalur colon reckoning Oh, like how wow. fucking generic is yeah, that yeah yeah uh, well it's sort of like uh Oh shit! What's the fantasy MMO that Tryon Worlds is working on? Rift, uh, Rift, Rift, Planes, Planes of, of Talara. Talara. It's yeah. just like 
Blind it's just like Lara. It's yeah. just like I just some Even of these if games. The game is awesome, and I've seen it a couple of times, and it, it intrigues me as a WoW player. Like the title is terrible. Yes, I mean it's just like anytime it's you know it's like hunted the demons forge. Yeah, but I, I, yeah I, that's pretty bad too. Naming yeah. shit is fucking hard though. I'm not saying that it is easy, but. It's just like just call Shadow it hunted. Killer, they should have just left it at. They should have just left it at hunted. And na- yeah. naming stuff is hard when you're one person trying to name something, and naming something that is going to be, you know, designed by committee is yeah. got to be totally. Hard. It, it just it just seems like a the simpler the name the better, right? Hunted yeah, would be better than hunted simpler, colon the demons forge. I would admit that had I not seen the game right as I heard the name, Bioshock might have rubbed me a little strangely. But at least it's one word. Yeah. And I guess. like, and like, you know, it's that's why when movies after a while, you know, they've been doing all the sequels, and they come back and they do a remake, they just shorten it to the original title again. Oh, and and you know what? Another game. A lot of people were shitting on Dead Space before it came out because Dead Space seemed like sounds so generic, typical, cliched fucking. That's true. Name. It I still think it's a bad name. Like, yeah. I, I, after even knowing why it's called Dead Space, I still don't like. The, <laughs> the, do you understand why it's to, their their explanation of why it's dead space? Refresh my memory. I don't okay, know, so actually. it's from the book actually, and then uh, I heard Jay recite it, so I guess it's canon. <laughs> the uh, marker. There's a sort of the marker helps make the necromorphs, and but there's an area sort of around the marker where you can't be necromorphized, and that is the dead space. It's ah. the area around the marker no. where the okay. where it has no influence. Yeah, that yeah, that, yeah that, I knew that. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know it, it's true. But there, but there are plenty of games. You know, and to have our weekly thing of why we hate Japan, mm-hmm. um, I will say that that a lot of Japanese games are the absolute worst about <laughs> oh, yeah, that. They are. Where it's just like Final Fantasy, Dissidia, la 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 la. Do a Yes, Dick Caucus. <laughs> just like that was a presidential candidate. It's just like what the um, fuck. So let's take a break. Well, on that note, we're we're leaving for rebel. Yes. Yeah, so send your letters to letters at eat sleep game dot com. You can follow me, Chuff Money. You can follow Arthur on Twitter. This is on Twitter, by the way, because what else do you follow people on? <laughs> you can follow <laughs> Arthur on AEGIS. I stumble once and he calls it a disaster. This guy hard to please. Yeah, Matt Shandernet. You can follow. You can follow at Talking Orange, and you can follow Ryan at Ryan O'Donnell with two N's and two L's. Awesome. And now on to Dead Space 2. Stop listening if you don't want Dead Space spoilers. It was nice to talk to you all. And taking a break. Dead Space 2. You're listening to the Rebel FM. Temporary d- d- Game Club Revival of Dead Space 2. Today we're going to be discussing episodes, or chapters 1 through 7, but we might delve here and there into the chapters beyond that, so if you're listening to this, fair warning, you should have played the whole game. Yeah. We're just only going to go into detail about the first seven. Next week we'll get into detail about the rest of it. Um, don't get any hopes up that this is the Revival of Game Club, but you know, occasionally we'd like to do this for you. So let's get started. And for us. Yeah, exactly. Kick it. Cold opening. What? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> no, how about that opening, man? That was like the best game opening I've had since like Mass Effect 2. Yeah, that was really good, actually. Yeah. Especially for you. Like where the guy comes up and I was like, what? 
Why is it? What's wrong with his face? I'll explain everything. We just got to get you out. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy because it's the first time you really ever see someone change into a necromorph. Like that vividly. That vividly. Yeah, Yeah, you know. That is like that character is from uh, Dead Space Ignition. Ignition. You follow with his entire adventure. So Dead Space Ignition actually leads is his adventure right up to Dead Space One. Yeah, and also just or Dead Space Two. From a technical perspective, that's I feel like that's like Dead Space Two's opening salvo that like we have dialed things up considerably because you never see anything that close. Right. That's what I'm saying. When you see him rip apart, you're like. Anything could be going on with that guy's body going nuts over there, but this is like two inches from your face. It's just so fucking graphically impressive right off the bat. Not even just the graphics. I mean, I feel like when you get to Dead Space Space 1, the necromorphs are already there. And there's, you kind of, I mean, if you read a bunch of the the extra expanded content stuff, you might have some idea of how fast it takes for a human to become a necromorph or, mm. you know, I, I, at first I thought you had to be dead before you could become a necromorph, but no, this guy changes right in front of you and well, it takes all of I think, seven seconds. Well, like stabs his head. So, I mean, like, I think it kills him instantly. Basically. Yeah. It's an infector. Yeah. Stupid infectors. Yeah. Fucking bastards. Uh, yeah. That opening. Right. And then after uh, that, you don't, have the ability to defend yourself because you're in a straitjacket. Yeah, yeah. So how did you feel about that being defenseless for like the first 10 minutes of Dead Space Well, it would have been okay if I didn't keep running the wrong way all the time. Way to I, go, Matt. <laughs> See, I, I didn't have like, a problem with that. It's like there's a necromorph here on the right in a dark hallway. Here's a really brightly lit hallway where I clearly should be going down. No, I'm going to run toward the necromorph. See, the, the only problem with sometimes like this in games for me that kind of takes the tension away is I know that they've designed it so that I will be successful. So I know don't. it's... You'll die. I, yeah, I, 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 I didn't butcher you. I didn't die once. I know, but you can't... It's really... So you, I guess... That's the thing is like you... When you know what you're doing, or even if you, you happen to do it right the first time, you're right. It's clearly not to... And I did it the right the right way the first time, but I watched... I didn't feel defenseless. People, right, I just kind of felt like I was like... I felt like I was yeah. on a Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Almost like we're... You're, you're totally defenseless. <laughs> From yeah. a di- design perspective, I think that it's good that most of us, Matt notwithstanding, <laughs> survived yeah. the first time because that belies like an underlying competence that Isaac has. Like He's done this before, and that actually pervades throughout the game that Isaac has done this before. Yep. Like, that he is no longer the terrified guy trying just to survive like he has a more important mission than that this time mm-hmm. although in the first one i never felt like he was particularly terrified either i actually no, feel like he he's I, I feel like yeah. he's more scared in the second one not because he is but because they do a better job with like things where he freaks out he's more of a character yeah, he's yeah exactly he's got personality and yeah. that's another thing is that it establishes isaac as a character right away it's nice it's, to see him without his mask it starts with you sitting at that desk describing the events of the first one though not in very much detail and mm. then you see nicole kind I of walking up on shot him, of nicole coming up like a forgetting up, up the on the table. desk mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it, really incredible work mm-hmm like it just, just like the that building the background, like the way they handle it of like, you know, just being both a, um, you know, a flashback, but then also like having it interrupt the real space, mm-hmm. you know, is like really. I thought that was really powerful. Right. Well, and the problem with it, the, here's a problem with the PC version is that background area looks like it looks like a projection on a wall instead of like part of the scene because the because when I played it on PC, it was like it was so super high res that like it kind of ruined the illusion of the mixed scenes for me. Yeah, I didn't notice that when playing it on PC. Mm-hmm. I believe you. I just I didn't yeah. notice it. I don't believe you. <laughs> you shouldn't. It was all a lie. So, okay, so like you, so you get out of the straitjacket. 
Well, no, I mean, no, 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 no. But I'm saying we're good. You go, you run through with the straitjacket, but then you meet that guy, which is awesome. Yes. Well, this is after you're going through the ward, like the medical ward, and shit is just going wrong everywhere. Yeah. Right, like, but I mean, people that are listening to this have played, so I, I know they know that. But yeah, right. To but, me, the most notable part of that next thing is the first human interaction I you think have. The most notable part about that whole section is that you've never seen a necromorph outbreak in progress exactly. before, unless you play Dead Space Extraction. Then you have. Right. But, <laughs> yeah. But, but I mean, it is nice because it does establish that like you you are there while the shit is going down, not long after. Right. I like um, the that they foreshadow a lot of the major plot points and and mm-hmm. gameplay mm-hmm. mechanics that you'll go through. So this is why we wanted you to play the whole game. But like when you come into the room, that's the okay. Well, another good thing that's awesome is that you in a lot of places in this opening sequence you'll see. Uh, areas like really really well designed rooms from a bunch of different angles so Mm -hmm. like you come out of your cell but then eventually you're in a room that's atop the cell room where there's a bunch of computers and the the ceiling of all the cells is glass so you can like walk above them there's like markers like built out of people like rubbing shit on the on the uh on the floor on the floor and blood everywhere and uh you know there's a there's this great foreshadowing where um there's a screen there's one of the doctors is a is uh, interviewing Strauss, who's the other one of the other four or three people that they're doing the experiments on to learn about the marker. Mm-hmm. And uh, he he says to Strauss, the doctor says, uh, "So how's your eye?" And he, and uh, if you play later in the game, there's right. a reason that he's asking about his eye, and it's this yeah. throwaway line that you wouldn't notice your first time through, but when you play it a second time, a third time. You can't help but pick out all those things mm-hmm. and go, wow, mm-hmm. they were really paying attention to all these little details. And also, through. I mean, the first time you play through, you're a little too amped to maybe notice things like people people building clay and paper mache markers in the mm-hmm. crafts room. Yeah, I mean, like I, that. that's, I think that's partly part of the reason why my initial reaction is to, because I have only played it once, is to jump right to the first team interaction because... All that stuff's a blur. I was pretty much just like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. Just move, just move, just <laughs> yeah. move, just move. And the only time I ever gave a second where I was like, oh, I'm just going to look around for a second. Well, and it, it was like the first time you meet a human because it's like really tense because that mm, person obviously mm-hmm. isn't exactly I was, right. Well, and I, think I was that, looking for the Peng trophy, so I stared in every like <laughs> possible corner of every room for hours and hours. Where and is the Peng trophy? It's really, really well done, and I'll save it for when it comes up in the game. Fucker. But but it, it seems like, it definitely seems like uh, this area was designed, uh, I mean, maybe this was just me faltering again, but it seemed like there are definitely points where they want you to get hit like at least once, so that like your rig goes down into the yellow or the red. Or you, it has to. It, you have to get hit. There's a part yeah, where yeah. there's a quick timer where a necromorph grabs you, mm-hmm. and you have to jam X, and then it with the door, and then it yeah. closes the door. Right. I mean, the, your rig has to be red because that guy. That says, guy says, he yeah. says your rig is red. Your rig is red. It's yeah. red. Yeah. And he tells you to go pick up the health pack. So yeah. right. you have to be read by the time. And, and it makes moment. it feel it makes it feel all like such a natural flow, even though it's scripted. You know, see that that the. Well, we skipped something too, which is that as you're running, you actually cat <sighs> battles. <laughs> that was Arthur uh, pissing at the cats. As you as you're making your way to this room, you actually encounter security guards. Yes, mm-hmm. and you hear Tideman, and you realize that not only is the shit hitting the fan with the necromorphs, but you're marked. Yep, mm-hmm. like that they're they mean to kill you, and mm-hmm. they almost do. Except those two guards get pulled up into the vents by a necromorph. <laughs> yes. Well, the marker, Convenient. you know, the marker's built. They don't need you anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it just makes logical sense. What I liked about that first time you meet someone, though, is that it's like the first time 
since like I mean Dead Space the first one has it a little bit where you see like the results of what yeah. it does to people like the marker it obviously sends out the signal that kind of makes people have dementia yeah. But you see it kind of driving people insane, and, and they did a really good job with that in Extraction. If you remember, like, in Extraction, there was, like, all that part where people are cutting their own throats in front of you and stuff. And in Dead Space 1, they did that a little bit. Like, there was a part where you saw one person killing another, and then they killed themselves. But they, but this is like, seeing someone who wasn't, like, fucked up, like, visibly. But, like, that first time when that guy cuts his throat and it's just so violent, I was like, man, this game means fucking that's, business. That's another thing I like. I, I'm going to keep referring to the novel, but the, you never yeah. really think about it. But in the novel there's a ton of people that kill themselves and they always slit their neck. Like slitting the neck is the way that people, the marker makes people kill themselves. So to see it so graphically and so early in this game, you know, if you, if you had read the novel, it's like, Oh shit. Yeah. This is Mm -hmm. the markers influence is strong here. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's man, it happens really graphically in this. Like he slits. That's what I'm saying. And then it like shoots all over the, and it's gurgling. I was like, when I saw Arthur do it the first time, I was like, Man, this game is not fucking well, around. And think about it, the gameplay of it, too. They just gave you the flashlight. So yeah. they're, like, telling you, aim at this thing, you know, that just happened in front of you and look at it in excruciatingly gory detail. Well, and, and the thing is, is that, like, uh, I'm always the kind of guy who sort of fills in backstory in my head. And, like, I never know if it's intentional or not. But, you know, he does, like, this little gurgle at the end, like oh, shit, maybe I shouldn't have killed myself like he's trying to stay alive or something right at the end, but then it's too fucking late, you know, and it makes it seem that much more horrible and tragic. Yes. So after that, you come into the room with the uh, the body suspended with Kinesis. Yes. You get your Kinesis launcher, and this is where the yes. game establishes that <laughs> Kinesis is going to be your friend this yes. time around. Yes, and Kinesis is worthwhile. A, and not just your little garbage grabber. And and it was it was that and, like, you know... Combining the flashlight with the with the with the plasma cutter, like very very clearly, because it did that in the last one. Yeah, right? but I, but I mean, no. like the it, the first game, you get the you just find a plasma, find cutter, a plasma cutter sitting cutter. there, and it yeah. says cut off their limbs. There's like blood right. sprawled on the wall. But what are they saying is that the, the plasma cutter had a flashlight? Oh, yeah, yeah it, it's it's not so clear. It's in the first game, you kind of just think that the blue. You know, light that's coming out of the the reticle of your of your plasma cutter mm-hmm. is the actual light source. Where in this one, it's like no, there's a flashlight on top. It's of like the an indictment cutter. of Doom right. Three, yeah, for the entire but, game. But the way you get those, but the way you get those first two weapons, I was like, oh, this is fucking brilliant. Isaac's an engineer; he's going to engineer all his weapons throughout this game. This, no. and like I thought, but I seriously, like in the beginning of the game, I was so excited that like that's the way that he was acquiring weapons because I was like, this is fucking perfect. It fits his character right. so badass. So you find the kinesis module inside a machine, you rip it out, and then right away uh, it throws necromorphs at you before you have a weapon. Mm-hmm. So that's that's training. a pretty great way of telling you, well, asshole, yeah. you better start using this yeah, thing. This game doesn't have a tutorial in the traditional sense at all. No. I love it. it. It throws you right into the shit right it's away. It's gamey in the ways it needs to be gamey. Like mm-hmm. the, the way that the, the tip of every throwable spear like shines brightly white. Just so you, it's easy you to can find it in the environment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, well, definitely later on, I was totally throwing things with spears that didn't shine like... Mops are a real mother. No, no, well, yeah, no, mops no, are, but but anytime the there's a pole, pole, like spear, like okay. this is us it always it twinkles. Okay, because I definitely man, I oh yeah, mops in the end, <laughs> mops in the end were my weapon of choice as well. It's like but, <laughs> mop. <laughs> this is uh, this is another room where you start on the bottom floor at the beginning and then 
shortly afterwards while you're still fighting enemies with just kinesis you're in the top room which is like a seating area where people can watch the operation mm-hmm. taking place and it just there's a lot of care in in, the, in these early rooms like you really there's a lot of detail and, and it's really fun to look oh, in. Man, and like what about when you first walk into that into that room uh, and i know i'm skipping ahead a little bit again but when you first walk into that room where the plasma cutter is and yeah. the guy's all oh god why am i awake <laughs> Yeah, and, and just the fact that you didn't walk directly into the room with him. No, you yeah. walk by you, the lab exactly. and you see uh-huh. through the window. Then as you're turning the corner, you see someone strapped on a gurney That's transforming turned into a necromorph. Into a necromorph. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, I love my favorite thing about that room is I know, you know, when you when you actually are pulling the plasma cutter, if you it's hard not to pay attention to the, you know, the necromorph coming into the room. <laughs> oh, totally. stabbing the guy on the table. Uh-huh. But the next time you play it and your second time, look at look at Isaac. Watch everything he does during that sequence. The animations are just great. Like he, you know, reaches behind the thing, looks over. He looks very scared. You know, takes takes the thing. You know, you get to watch him fiddle with it and put it mm-hmm. on his gun at just the right he's moment. He's like hurrying it's as fast really as he can. Good. He really wants to save this guy's life, but he's he's like, I have to make this gun happen, otherwise we are both dead. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's it, the animation in that sequence is really yeah. Good. And so, it, well, it's because like it shows that he made a judgment call. You know, like he decided that like. Like I said, he knew that he had to put the gun together to kill the necromorph. And, and just he's like, his, this guy is just going to have to die if I can't get his tone when he entered the room. He's like, hey, is that is, is that, that a plasma laser? Is that a plasma cutter? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just that. And he looked at the open guy's chest laser. and you could tell he was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, like the uh, I also this is also the you know, like the you haven't really done a, a hacking mini game yet, but. You know, this reminded me that like I really love the hacking in this game because you don't see what his hands is do what his hands are doing, but you don't have some like awkward gamey. Press L one, then like, triangle, then yeah, X. No, you just exactly. splinter cells lockpicking. You just yeah, assume veneer, you just assume that he's an engineer and he's badass. Yeah, and that he knows what he's doing. Uh, with, and he's reaching his hands up in there. But again, know. smart of them to not put the hacking minigame here because it would have you know remove the maybe it would have been a different sort of tension, well you would have been focusing on the minigame instead exactly. of the fucking monster all the coming cool in animations of the monster coming Although, the guy in his chair and later on they kind of end up fucking you with the hacking minigame on stasis the stasis one yeah where you're getting the yeah yeah that's um, coming up soon. but what i was gonna say was that just from the moment you get the kinesis weapon that mm-hmm. the, it establishes right off the bat that there's no slow weed up to fighting like one necromorph and then <laughs> no. going like five minutes and then fighting like another necromorph. Yeah, this is They're on the job training. They're throwing a lot of enemies at yeah. you. Yeah, yeah it's even early great on-the-job on training. Yeah. Um, so you get the plasma cutter. Let's see. I mean, it's very very shortly after that you make your way into the triage room, which is where the the stasis is hidden. It's like mm-hmm. the, you know the the last thing you must pick up. There's mm-hmm. there's hallways that you go through where you walk through a room in the dark, and you know there's uh, and it's you know really fire cool. everywhere, and they do a thing where there'll be like a a soldier that's dead on the ground, but he's got a, a video message coming out of his mm-hmm. arm, and you get it's just you know, recurring, so you kind of get an idea of what's going on yeah, in the station. There's, there's all sorts of like cool story and environmental stuff, but I mean, yeah. basically the next major sequence is getting this. Well, and I love I love what they do with the stasis thing too, because it's like, oh, so here's the tech in use in the real world, you mm-hmm. know, like yeah. quote unquote real world that people are in stasis. Yes. Yeah, people are in stasis. They use it for hospital beds, you know, and stuff like that. It's I go like, oh, okay. The only thing I don't like about that sequence is 
if you miss the stasis when the guy's running at you, it will it's kill you. Death. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I, I died. Really, I died really, the first time. Really don't like that. Well, that um, didn't happen to me. I, I mean, I the only thing I can think it. of is that at that point you're still Isaac in a hospital gown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the more powerful necromorphs. It's a. It's a security necromorph yeah. and not mm-hmm. just like I think it's just because they want you to realize you better fucking use stasis yeah. right <laughs> yeah but no, you're I right get, yeah, I get, I get stasis, why they did it you, but yeah. it just seems unrealistic because, because that never happens anywhere else in the game you know oh. you miss your stasis and you die right away mm-hmm. um, yeah but the room is good it does a good job of teaching you how to use the stasis after that part of it mm-hmm. you know with a door puzzle it's really straightforward and the, I think it's a really beautiful room. The effects on that are coming off the the stasis beds yeah. um, are really nice. And then, like even there's like one stasis bed, the one that you get to that you hack to mm-hmm. pull the thing out of. It's sort of pulled out of the wall, and you can look behind it. And there's this really beautiful like yellow lighting that just, you know, most of the room has this blue greenish tint. And seeing that yellow and then orange behind it, like it's it's like you know if. A, if you had a, a room that was mostly green and then there was like one red lamp in the middle of the room, it just would tie everything together. They yeah. really do a great job right. with the color balance in this game. So there's a couple more encounters, obviously, and then you get to reception, yep. which is where you get the engineering suit. Mm-hmm. Um, how triumphant did you feel when you finally got the engineering suit? Did you feel back to your badass So I felt like I would have thought that that whole him putting on the suit was a lot more badass if I'd never seen Iron Man. But I felt like I was like I was just like oh it's like Iron Man that's immediately what I thought of Aww. the way it snaps up over his face and stuff. I love the little detail of of when you approach the the store for the first time it says like hello Isaac or something like Loading, that downloading like configuration. engineering configuration. Yeah. And it's like oh well this is why the engineering suit is here because mm-hmm. it recognized that he's an engineer. Mm-hmm. But the, the first to... suit I actually put on was the zealot suit because really? I oh. got it in the it's download. A, it's a DLC for uh, DLC collector's oh. edition. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the it looks pretty fucking badass. I'm I put it, I, I had it also and I put it on and I was like, yeah, this isn't my Isaac. So I just I feel like it's right sort of it. skipping the foreplay to go yeah. straight to the thing that makes you look like Megatron. Yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, I did. So I did have a bunch of DLC on me at that point. So I I was started carrying a uh, had the plasma cutter. Obviously, I also had for having a dead space save the old school plasma cutter, which I banked. And then I had the Zealot Force Gun. Having a Force Gun early in the game is cheating, actually. I, I never actually it used is. the Force Gun. The Force Gun, the Zealot Force Gun, is insanely strong. Mm-hmm. So it is, it is really cheating. Um, yeah. But I did take it. And I also had a pre-ordered from GameStop specifically to get the Rivet Gun. So I started carrying that early on. So well. the only non-game included thing that I had was the refurbished plasma cutter. Right from I, say, I, from I didn't have Space anything. Space. I guess because I just never... you didn't play Dead Space on PS3, and the version yeah. of Dead Space Two you played was PS3. Ah. So the only kind of dirty thing that I feel like I did was I sold back my plasma cutter and took the free refurbished plasma cutter for dirty, a little right. bit of extra money. Ah. Right. I like the model on the old, the new plasma cutter better. That's why I couldn't because it. it looks like a flashlight with a laser tied to it, basically. <laughs> um, did you? It's very half-lifeish. When you encountered the enemies in front of the window, did you blow it out the first time that you did this? Uh, which so you're walking down a hallway, and I think it's one of the you have you have to. That's a deconstruction, a decompression gameplay tutorial. Oh, is it? Yeah, your your character in all other de. I could be wrong because I didn't wait long enough. But in all the other decompressions, you know, you shoot a window, and, and your you character immediately down. starts getting dragged. Mm-hmm. In this one, he like grabs a countertop. And he's like holding himself up, and I think that's to teach you 
this is, you know, this is going to keep going until you hit that button, you shoot that button. Right. So I'm pretty sure the first decompression, you can't. Uh, That's you can't a cool mechanic, it. although I, I, I would say I failed it enough that I actively avoided shooting out windows right, if I could. Right, which is good, though. I mean, that respect for your environment helps develop it as a world that you're existing oh in. totally it's just it's just yeah they did they did a good job of not making it like the wind button in a room because i died well and that's another I, thing about the sprawl is that uh this this teaches you this helps reinforce the story that this is like a civilian complex and not like a deep space vehicle yeah they and didn't expect space. you to shoot guns not yeah. just that but this is this is the remains of the first planet crack yeah 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 um, they, they so it doesn't really have much gravity it doesn't have much atmosphere. Mm-hmm. We were invited out to play an early version of Dead Space 2. It was the first thing I ever saw in action of Dead Space 2 was a, a version of a room that had the deconstruction, or de- decompression. decompression scene. Yeah. And um, I can't remember what it said, but they worked really long and hard on getting the art for the windows just right, where it says future expansion on them. You know, mm-hmm. like they, they went through, a you know, before it said like dangerous, weak glass. It's like, mm-hmm. why would they have, <laughs> why would they weak have weak glass, glass on yeah. a space station? You know, so they did a lot of work to try to figure out exactly what it should look like. And I think mm-hmm. they did a good, pretty good job of what they ended up with. And in that first decompression room, I think the most amazing thing about it, if you sort of know the decompression part of it is coming, is how the lighting changes from when you first walk in till afterwards when, you know, uh, you the, the shield comes back down mm-hmm. and there's like chandeliers, uh, sw- you know, swinging in the room that it's really dark and ominous. And it sort of clues you into one of my favorite things about the game is once you have kinesis, you can do this in Dead Space 1 too, but there's there's lights everywhere and just like <laughs> yeah. you can shoot them out and they'll change their flickering. You can like pick them up with kinesis and throw them across the room if they're loose and... Uh, it's just really fun to play with the lighting in this in this mm-hmm. game. In this, it's engine. true. In Dead Space Two is the first game that sometimes I would actively kinesis lamps and carry them with me for extra light. There you go. Mm-hmm. There you go. There, there were there were times. Uh, there was one time where I didn't realize I was standing next to a uh, decompression window, a breakable window. And like, uh, and I blew up something that also blew up the window. And you just yes. got sucked and right out. No, uh, I I shot up. I looked up really fast and just like shot once and hit the, and hit it and like barely kept from getting sucked out. I felt like such a badass, like because I literally like looked up in panic and pulled the trigger and like this just, just happened to be correct. It just happened to be correct. Mm-hmm. It wasn't an intentional aim, but it did make me feel super badass. Yeah, I started liking the rooms more when. Uh, because I was afraid of the sort of win button thing as well. Uh, I, I really started liking them when I was in one of the ones much later. I think it was in the, it's the decompression room in the solar array. Mm. Um, but there's a, I happened to be standing close to the window because I was dodging. It has there's leapers in that room. There's the little mm. exploding babies, mm-hmm. and there's those fucking annoying sack guys that come at you with the giant exploding giant arm. exploding sack. Mm. And I I was like doing really well. I took out both of the leapers, and then. Uh, I was running away from some of the babies, and I ended up standing next to the window when one of the sack guys came up from behind me. I didn't even notice, and he slammed his thing down, broke the window. I got sucked right out, and I was like, well, that's cool. If it's not just me doing the decompression, if they can activate it, that's actually pretty cool. And, you know, it's not like that guy actively decided to walk over the AI to knock out the window, but I happened to be close enough, and it was a pretty cool sequence. Right on. So after this is the first brute battle. Yes. Oh, um, yeah. The big three-legged bras, yeah, boss. The three-legged bra. bra. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a one thing I will, like a, a complaint or criticism I will sort of level against Dead Space 2 that is a very gamey that the first one did is that 
you have Dana, like the the woman in your in your in intercom, your yeah. trying to direct you out, and literally every time, or at least for the first third of the game, every time she's directing you to something, something will invariably happen that will mean that that isn't going to work to right. get you out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yes, and I get that from a from a play design perspective. But as a narrative device, it feels really tired. Not only that, but there's almost like one point where it feels like they almost acknowledge how stupid it is. <laughs> like it's specifically the part where they're like, oh, never mind. This is way later in the game. But it's, I'll say it anyways. It's just like they do it at other points in the game, too, where they're like, well, at least you won't have to go through medical. Oh, you have to go through medical. Yeah. <laughs> that part made yeah. me laugh. Uh, I guess, but, but it's yeah. just like... There's a joke like that in the iOS version, too, when the guy's like, uh, oh, man, the door's locked. You're going to have to go back through the mines and grab the key. If you go down the elevator... Just kidding, man. I'm going to open the door for you. And he opens the door. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, they never do that in Dead Space 2. No, I mean, they did it, that would, in the iOS version. it would be <laughs> nice if, funny. like, yeah, if, if instead of, like, you getting cut off every time, they were just, like... Maybe it happened once, and they're like, "Shit! Now you're gonna have to go the long way, and then you just have to go the long way." Right. Know? I do. Feel and like- actually, you d- you do that after this, after you beat the yeah. brute and it destroys that shuttle. Like it's like, well, you're gonna have to go through this waste treatment thing and go through this other facility, and you do that. But there are just so many points in Dead Space Two where it's like, "Oh, well, this is our plan. This is how we're getting off." Uh, but this thing came up, so I guess we're gonna have to deal with that. Sweet. But this is our new plan. Oh, but then this thing came up. I know Isaac's Isaac's definitely got a lot of hope. But at times I'd be yeah, like, "Well, yeah. I give up." <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's a roller coaster ride. Like, I mean, but that that's what makes I think that's part of what makes Isaac seem. That's part of what makes you understand him just sitting down at the end of the game is because like he's been through so many ups and downs. Like every single thing yeah. that he's ever done has gone wrong. It's I like, just, all right, you can give up now, dude. I just feel like there's got to be a better way to explain the level situations that you want to do than saying, oh, well, this thing just went wrong, so we're yeah. going to have to do this other thing. Yeah. Like, even if it's down, like, they would just have to change the writing a little bit because fucked if I would even notice, <laughs> you know, that I'm going through these other levels instead of going in a straight line. Yeah. Um, so the brood is basically just an exercise in stasis, although it is cool to see it knocking down pillars. Yeah. It's 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 harder. I, I mean, I died more times. are it took me longer to beat that guy than I like, care to admit. The first time I fought him, it actually took me a while because you're still getting used to the way that combat is a little different. The main thing, I think, is that you have to lead with stasis, um, mm-hmm. and you definitely don't do that in the iOS version, and you don't really do it quite as much in Dead no, Space you, 1. No, you wait to stasis until yeah, you actually until need right to. in front of you. I, didn't, I hardly used stasis all in Dead Space 1. I didn't, no, I, I only didn't did it. It was like an oh shit button yeah. more than anything else. But in this, like... I, I missed his legs a lot. Like that mm-hmm. guy moves a lot and he's fast and uh you know my first time of playing him, yeah. I mm-hmm. would shoot stasis right through his legs and I'd be like, yeah. oh, yes. damn it. Yeah. And it, you know, but it does it it clues you into something that I think is really important, at least it important to me when I play the game, is that in in the first game you start with four stasis shots and they last a really long time. And in this mm-hmm. game you get one or two, two, and two, they and they last are... a very short amount of time. Yes. So you start putting those points, those power nodes, into stasis very early on mm. when you play this game. Never upgraded my stasis. Are really. you guys crazy? Dude, I maxed mine out. Honestly, as as I it could. even took me a while to really upgrade my weapons. The first thing I upgraded, and this was after when I first started Dead Space Two, and mm. I was playing on a debug system. Uh, I started on survivalist. I yeah, think. survivalist. Um, and I was going through and doing okay until the second 
until the the middle of the second level, like when you get off the train and you're dumped off and you're hanging that's, from the that's thing. That's the beginning mm-hmm. of chapter three. Three, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the necromorphs that come over and bat at you on survivalist, they just fucking cut me in half in one hit. I never uh, upgraded my and, ki- my stasis or kinesis. And and after wow. that, I mean, I upgraded the shit out of kinesis. Uh, see, I think the way you just said that, people in the radio can't listen, can't see your face, but the way you said, oh, I think you really need to, like, that's how I feel about stasis. Like, yeah, I feel right. like you don't I, need kinesis to be upgraded. I did not take enough advantage of stasis, yeah. except where I absolutely, it was required to use it until the very end I of the game. I used stasis so much. Yeah, and like, right, like, like, the first thing the I did combat. when I got to a bench is I put, I think I had, like, four or six nodes. Mm. I put them all in stasis. See, I think that's, I didn't even that's a testament weapon. to the good amount of ways you can get through situations right. because totally I didn't true. do stasis or kinesis I went weapons just made myself hardcore and I just made sure that I was fucking and that's yeah. definitely a, an improvement over the last one where I think that there are many more viable ways to play through like to deal with encounters than there were in the last game I really appreciate not ever having to put points into air in this game there, yeah, yeah. Uh, you start yeah. with you start, know, you start with, with like 117 minutes, seconds and there's always oxygen seconds. everywhere yeah. 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 yeah yeah so that that was nice I was like alright well the they should actually give you an achievement for maxing out your air. It's like <laughs> like an achievement called something like uh, uh, Easy Breather. Uh, there I was thinking more it. like, the f- oh, uh, you know, like uh, I've ma- you've already maxed out everything else for obviously. Like, yeah. so this is the last thing you're possibly ever going to put points no, it into. Was, it was funny because there's like, no reason uh, to. It's funny because, you know, like after I was done with the game and I told Ryan and Jay Fresh, I was like, yeah, I just finished it. It was awesome. They were like, so what did you use to play? And I said, well, the first thing I upgraded was stasis and. Oh, and I upgraded my suit all the way. You said like, I maxed out my rig, and I, I was like, you maxed out your rig? And then, and then There's I said, a whole bunch. There's like four air slots in there. What are you, crazy? Yeah, and then I went, oh, well, I didn't put any in air. And I was like, like, it was uh, so obvious that when I said maxed out that I didn't mean air. You know, I didn't bother to communicate it. Yeah, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. I thought you were crazy. So we fought the brute. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you, you kind of make your way into a... A tool shed, and you come out in Cassini Tower, or like uh, the apartment uh, apartment complexes in the mall. Where shit's going down, mm-hmm. right? Well, I mean, you pass by one of many fucking human people mover sections, right? Like the moving sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fuck moving sidewalks. In this game, <laughs> by the way, you mean just, how they how they the, make guys your... with exploding arms yes. charge at you Jesus is like three times normal speed? You can uh, so in that. That that room I think is really good. There's the there's a walkway coming towards you and it moves way too fast if uh-huh. you ac- if you activate it. Yeah. I mean I think you have to activate. Well, it's it. also one of the first w- places I think where the game is jarring because of the environment. And I what love, I mean by that is that, that TV is that on. the TV turns on. It fucking made me jump because I was like, <laughs> all right, I'm going through. It's very quiet, and then the TV senses that you're there, and it's like commercials, really, really <laughs> blaringly loud, and you're just like, motherfucker. Yeah, the other thing the thing is that you can avoid the walkway. There's like a barrier in your way, but you can just use kinesis to pick all that crap up. Oh, see, I ran, I ran up. You can also uh, use your melee attacks to bash through the glass barriers on the walkway, so you can just like walk on and walk right off the other side if you want, because all the environments are destructible. So if you actually make use of the tools you've got, you can really work your way through the environments. I I avoided the walkways. I was so after this, you're making your way to the train station. Uh, you go into the apartment complex, yeah, like you said. You see shit towers. going seriously wrong. Mm-hmm. You've never heard this many people screaming in a Dead Space game oh, before, no, except maybe an extraction and at like the beginning. The people that people are, in there locked people in their apartments. The like, right. Babies crying. You, you see a lot of like little intimate moments that develop this place mm-hmm. as like a place where people live. Like You see mm-hmm. a woman screaming for her mother and her husband pulling her away, saying right. that and she's And you go gone. in that room and... 
and the like, necromorph in the bathroom where exactly, the mother was yeah. clearly dead. Um, you there walk was, by the laundry. Go through the laundry sequence. That's a great sequence. I love, yeah. uh, you know, the laundry room has that terrible sound because there's the one machine that's still going. With the baby crying yeah. noise. And you, you walk to the door to try to open it and the lights turn off and you're like, shit. But then you get this great moment where you realize, oh my God, my visor lights the world around me <laughs> yeah. like you you know your gun if you pull it out it's a light source but your mm-hmm. visor is a light source and it looks mm-hmm. so cool on the walls and i think that's really the first scene where you and then you the, this is another one of those things that i think the people picking at dead space 2 could fault it for which is that you go to the fucking door and it says power issue and then the lights go out mm-hmm. for when you don't do anything like you do literally nothing except walk up to the door Mm-hmm. Then the lights go out. Then you're attacked by a million fucking necromorphs, and the lights don't go back five, on. Yeah. Well, but it's like two scorpions, like one of the, some of the a more spitter. dangerous necromorphs, a spitter. And spitters then, are fun though. They're like a spitter. Kinesis ammo. Spitters are fun spitter, when the lights leaper. are on. <laughs> spitters are fun when you're also fighting them, and you have time to sit there and focus on them. This is mm-hmm. also one of the first rooms though where I'm pretty sure the quarantine is lifted before you're done fighting the enemies. I did. I don't. I don't think it is. I think that I didn't even was, remember it being quarantine. I thought it was just a yeah, power outage. Yeah, it's a power outage. It's not a quarantine. All I'm saying is that the lights come back on and everything starts working before the combat is over. I, but the door doesn't open until everything is dead. I don't think. I, I or maybe I, I just didn't pay enough attention to the door because there were things trying to shove. Bones I'm just up saying, like they, they do, uh, they do. There are a few moments of like the quarantine. I mean, if you played the iOS version, it's like a drop in the bucket. Well, either speaking, yeah, but, but even Dead Space One did it as yeah, well. Where it was like, there's times. a quarantine now. Sorry. But in, in that game specifically, it's like the quarantine goes, and then as soon as the last the last bullet goes into the last guy, it's like quarantine lifted, and, and you know you're finally cool. safe. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in this game, like the quarantine will lift, and you're not done with your combat scenario yet. Mm. So they do it to like lock you into the room to get you to start fighting, but at least it's not you know controlled by the moment when your bullet hits the enemy. Right. For the most part. For the most part. So you go through more residential areas. There are more examples of necromorphs popping out, and just like sort of. I do. I, if we're gonna just skip forward, I do like this one scene with really good lighting where you're in a hallway and this like uh, L, this giant LCD screen flicks, flicks on. Right, and that's that has another people mover, I think. Yes, that's when I was talking about where it yeah, terrifies we you. About. Oh yeah, right. oh yeah. Well, that's not the first one. Anyway, yeah. that's the second one you go. Well, I've only played the game once. Get I off know, my back. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought you were talking because there is a TV screen right, that, that flips whole... on in the room you were talking. But it's about. the one that flips on and blabbers at you at like des- yeah, twenty yeah. decibels. Jump. It's yeah. crazy. It's and like the is that those, right after you see the ship collide with the building and he yeah. goes Jesus Christ yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and like yeah. the the giant TV screen after it turns on like I'm looking at this thinking like man this is one of those parts in a game where they had to be really careful with how this works because it's like epilepsy warning when I first saw it I was game. like man the lighting in this game is super fucked oh that's the TV yeah <laughs> uh, this is one of those parts that teaches you to listen for mm-hmm. audio cues I think pretty well. Because you hear the the weird little the chirpy noises yeah. from the exploders down the hall, mm. you're like, oh, okay, well they're coming this way, but I can handle them. And then you hear one immediately yeah, to your right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, you get to the tram station. I emptied this entire area of bodies before I before I went any further because the very first time I played it, I didn't, and I fucking paid for it. Uh, see, well, well, anytime I, I see know, the infectors, an infector. anytime yeah. I see the infectors, I drop everyone else and just focus right. on the infector. So the thing is, yeah. the infector doesn't appear until you get to the door of the tram, and yep. the door is mm-hmm. locked. It doesn't mm-hmm. open until it's he's... a glass window, and you get to see him infect one guy. It's right, it's sort of mm-hmm. like the infector. 
even though you've seen him. So now you understand. Yeah. 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 So really if you're if, you. if you're smart, this is a situation that will demonstrate to you that when you see an infector, your first priority should be to get rid of the bodies, mm. but or not, kill the infector. I was gonna say I, I just stasis him and then hit him with a, a line gun mine or any attack that you can to get rid of the infector. Right Again, away. the pulse mm-hmm. rifle takes them out super. Fast. I like though that the Again, infectors though, stasis them right away. You can stasis them while they're still connected. Cut I'll, the, I'll say though cut that the tongue that like connects the this the, establishes the, infectors for the first time as like an enemy you have to worry about in combat though too because in yeah. the first game they kind of came at you and were like rawr I was but now they'll by, like I was more scared by them in the first game actually I think they were more I don't know there's something about they them were more, more resilient they, yeah, and they were they were like the scariest enemy in the first game whereas in this game all the enemies are amped up and so like ridiculously hard even the normal enemies that when an infector comes like I still prior- prioritize them early because I don't want to deal with any more of that crap but mm-hmm. I feel they go down really easily they just couldn't tie you up the happy. way in the first game they can in this one where um, they actually latch onto you and yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. oh fighting them off mm. the, what, something we didn't discuss before but this reminds me uh, is that this is the second time that you have a Nicole hallucination I think like the first time you're going through a hallway and you hear there's an elevator first. She's in the elevator behind you. This is in the hospital, uh, right? And that's the first one. And then, well, I mean, besides the one oh, in so the very first sequence, one. this is like the third one. And so yeah, the first one is in the elevator where she like comes at you with her glowing TV eyes. Yeah. The second is where you're going through the hallway and you can't really understand what she's saying. And I think that that's kind of an issue. Is I that- love it. That the I audio, love that you can't hear what she's saying. Well, but if you have subtitles on, it tells you exactly what she's saying, and I feel like that's important to know. See, that's that's exactly why I like it. Like I I deprioritize legibility in a lot. Like when something in specifically when something's supposed to be scary, I think a lot of times. Things are more scary if you can't hear what exactly what it say. And not only saying. that, sometimes I think that things can be more beautiful if you if they've got a little dirt on them. Mm-hmm. And I know instinctively that if I really wanted to know what it, what was being said, I could flip the subtitle. Well, and eventually, when you need to know what was being said, they lay it out very clearly. She does speak clearly. That, like, the times when you would walk into a room and she'd be all over the computer screens and you couldn't really understand what she was saying, I was like. Well, I really want to know what she's saying, and I'm listening really, really hard, but I don't understand, and I just assumed that was intentional to that they didn't want me to understand her. I feel like if they didn't want you to understand her, they wouldn't put it in the subtitles. I just, I feel like it's, it's really valuable information, and it's really valuable sort of perspective on his state of mind and the things that that are tormenting him during the the course of the game. That it, it's useful. And important. I, I, I personally I could, I I could, pick, missing, I could but... pick out enough of it where I didn't feel like I was missing anything, and then yeah. I had to work harder to hear it, and that made it really. I, I thought it was awesome. I really it was liked that definitely creepy hearing the twinkle, twinkle little star. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's yeah, that's so very Dead Space one. As you're walking into the tram station, you see her against the wall uh, opposite the tracks, mm-hmm. and as that's she's a coming, really good hallucination. Yeah, scene. as she's coming yeah. forward and she sort of screams, and that's when the train, the train goes, goes by, by with yeah. the flames all back in time. Freaked me out. <laughs> um, yeah, sound design in this game all the time is fucking with you worse that, than the visual. That are. train station is like a great example of why the sound design is so good. Every It's like everything that there's a visual for that seems like there should be an audio component has one. Like mm. every screen that's ticking along has mm. a bunch of sounds that go with it. There's the columns. Every column is like a big LED mm-hmm. screen with like an ad on it mm-hmm. and they all make appropriate sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really good sound design in this game. I mean, mm-hmm. the first game had it too, but yeah, just crazy good. Well, and then, you know, like we go right into like the fucking crazy awesome train sound sequence. design with the crazy train sequence. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, like you fight a lot of necromorphs up and down the train, but after you hack it and you start it and everything, like 
the uh, like this being your your first encounter with the anti grav jump. It's kind of like the Halo jumps later oh, in the game, geez. you know. Like I, the first time that I saw that, that the whole like jumping from one train car to another, like through the zero G. Like, did, did anyone did, get killed by the door? No. no uh-uh. I'm pretty sure I got. But what I did door. like about that, <laughs> unbelievable! Like it was so, uh, it, like. The only word that comes to mind is visceral, and that's because I'm not thinking real well right now. But like the, it it felt so powerful to me that whole sequence. I was like, Jesus Christ, uh, Isaac just did that. That that that's what I'm saying. Because when I did it, I was like, he opened the door, and, and I was thinking, well, if I opened the door in a moving train and I saw that there was a gap, I'd be like, well, I guess I better wait this out to the end. Yeah. And that asshole just like without hesitation is like, well. Doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? I think that the most impressive thing about that sequence is that it's like, it had, it's super visceral and it's not long. And there's, there's a, there's a, uh, you know, it's like the first part of it when you get on the train, not that amazing, but it's, you know, it's a fun combat room. But then as soon as you do that zero gravity jump, like right after that is when the thing starts to crashing to crash and right. you do the and sliding slide puzzle. Down. That's yeah. like the uncharted one where you jump between the two buildings mm-hmm. after the thing starts to fall over. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, you, the hanging combat sequence where you're taking out the enemies that you were saying. Yeah, see, you in one hit. Well, no, for me, I played it on like whatever the normal oh. is. Arthur played it on oh, the hard okay. one you where they were killing his ass in one hit. Well, except not yet. Like going through the train, I survived. No, I just mean at the, well, we're talking about the hanging part. So at the hanging part, yes. I was like, all right, I can deal with these guys from far away. Oh, fuck, that guy's on my left. He's jumping at... Oh, I'm cut in half. So were you using stasis at all during the sequence? I want to say yes, because I, I think to, that I was I so desperate that I did. But yes. you and I had upgraded our stasis, uh-huh. so we had, right. you know, three shots or something and, like and that. And they give you, like, three or four spears to Kinesis, too. Right. And you can, yeah, although that, that, gets, that gets... Yes, but all that gets increasingly hard to think about as things close in it on does, you, yeah. and you slowly and you move gotta, into... You have, a, you have about 12 seconds when you first <laughs> fall... That is like setup. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, it's it's the time you have to grab all the stuff. You just <laughs> that's hit, what I mean. Setup. Yeah, yeah. You hit X because a bunch of uh, if you shot any of the guys during the the falling sequence or the the sliding sequence at the end of the train ride. I didn't know that. If you shoot them, they will drop pickups, and so mm. you, you they'll be right underneath you, and mm. you just go like X X X X X, and they go boom 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 boom, and then you grab a few of the spears and kinesis like a bo- of the boxes that are around you. Grab up all the ammo you can, mm-hmm. and you have just enough time before that first sack guy comes around the corner. Mm-hmm. Then you snip off that dude's sack, pull it towards you, uh, shoot so him in the head. That right there, that's no, no, yeah. no. I don't fuck I, around with their sacks. And that <laughs> establishes another thing that's sort of important throughout the game, which is like the ability to prioritize under pressure. Yes. Just to, oh yeah. To, to formulate strategy yeah, under yeah. pressure, and it has to be yeah, it, it under pressure on the fly. If if you don't develop that skill early on, and this is probably the reason why they put you in the sequences because they they're teaching you to prioritize enemies. And not yeah. only that, the whole time you're swinging, so yeah. you have you can't just like aim at something and no. you're just like right on it. You're and you have to compensate for. The I don't know, swing. man. When I when when I did it, it was like. I did not prioritize. I tried to prioritize, but I very quickly went from prioritization to anything to live moment. So I was just like, this gun's out. That's cool. I think that's one of the things about Dead Space 2 that makes the combat feel good because the controls are a little, are kind of have some reasonably high latency. Like the aiming isn't that fast, but the enemies are designed around it so well and the encounters are designed in such a particular way that it, you can rely on strategy more than twitch mm-hmm. oh, movement. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all about like having you know 
having the right ammo in the gun right. for the it's right animated It's more at the time and, and timing yeah. more than Twitch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, um, but it's got a good Twitch. I think the Twitch is actually... I was going to really say, because I, I play with Twitch a lot more because I am not a person that is good like in fighting games or in games like this where I'm like, Kinesis, then I immediately think I will grab that, rip it off, shoot it in this guy. That just never occurs to me. I'm always that's just in the moment like, that's anything to live. Your, your new game plus, your second playthrough is going to be great because you are not going to be scared in the same way. You're going to have all those leftover powered up uh. weapons and nodes for your second game and you'll... You'll just be more willing to experiment with with the other yeah, techniques because you I get got more comfortable really good with at it. The end of the game, especially like one good reason to upgrade your stasis is because you can stasis people. Then you have a few extra seconds to shoot off their limbs and then like grab the limb out of the air and shoot it at. Them. Yeah, see, I I was never that badass. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, but see, like gotta, I'm that's not so much fun. You gotta you, be doing. But that. that's just it. Like you didn't upgrade your stasis, so that made it so you weren't that badass. You didn't. Wait, have are you the talking about grabbing it. limbs after shooting them off? Yeah, yeah. you don't yeah. even need to stasis something. No, if you're you fast don't. Enough. No, right. yeah, you if don't. you're fast enough. But I'm saying like stasis means that like you actually have the the time to if you're not like super twitchy like. There goes the limb. Oh, I've got it. You're dead. You know, like if you can't do it that fast, the God, that is gives one you those just one of the seconds. most satisfying kills I've had in a video game this entire year is just knocking off, <laughs> like blowing off a necromorph limb, hitting yeah. the B button right away, pulling it in, and just nailing mm-hmm. them against a fucking wall. Yep. Mm-hmm. It feels great. So good. Yeah. There's just a really great feedback loop in combat in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so so you did you defeat the brute or you don't? You better, or else the game's over. And then the, the uh, train then, comes crashing yeah. down in a very spectacular animation. Uh-huh. And of course, <laughs> things didn't go quite according to plan. Right. So now you get to go through a fucking sewer. Well, and I, I, like, I will say, I like one, how she's like, "Where are you? How did you get there?" He's like, "Long story." One one thing before that, I think this game more than the last game. It's very easy if you're not being thorough to miss blueprints. And man, yeah. it schematics. Was, uh, schematics. Schematics. Sorry, schematics. Yeah. And and man, if you miss the pulse rifle in that room there, yeah. you're gonna be bummed. Like the pulse yeah. rifle is fucking awesome in this game. So and very useful. I got the pulse rifle schematic. I did not come across a store until after the first time you meet the pack. Did that happen to anybody else? Yeah, I don't think I had the pulse rifle the first time I fought the pack. I could swear the first time I played through the game, well, I, I had, had the, the pulse rifle. No, no you can't gun. have the pulse rifle because the pulse rifle is in the train room, and the first time Man, you need the pack is in kit chapter two. I, I forgot how fucking terrifying the pack is when you don't have a pulse rifle. I don't think they are. I Again, used the force gun. Or it's just I use the plasma yeah. cutter. I think there's too many. I just use the plasma cutter. Yeah, there's there are too one many for stasis though. There are there aren't. No, I I just well when you have upgraded stasis, it does a bigger effect. I as suppose well. so. Yeah, but yeah. for me with like not upgraded stasis, like it's just they like, just always does come it have from a bigger like area of effect. Honestly, yeah, with, with them, if I can get them to come in a line, I just punch you them. Just get, uh, there's that. Yeah. I mean, they, they're really good at fucking avoiding punches. You gotta you gotta take care of them at a distance and just use you can use the plasma cutter. They're one hit kill. It's would, really uh, straightforward. Would, or pulse pull rifle. Out the, I'd pull out the force gun and I'd wait for them all to gang up on me. And like even if they started leaping at me, and I just fire and I'd kill like five of them with one shot. Keep in mind when if you're listening to this, when Matt and I talk about the force gun, we're talking about the, the zealot, zealot force gun, gun, which is the is wind button, way more powerful yeah. than the regular. Uh, force yeah, gun Yeah, see, game. I think yeah. you should discount talking about the zealot force gun. You sons of bitches. It's <laughs> awesome. It is fantastic. <laughs> it is so much fun. Where I 
almost so feel awesome. like it's so sort of fun. fucks up the balance of the game. It does, but I had already played it before, so right. I'm talking about my more more recent playthrough. Um, for me, so. I would for me it made the game more fun because I had a panic button that I could go to. Right. You know, like I would try to do lots of really cool combat things. I'd be like, all right, I've got. You know, like pull the the arm off the sat guy and use that. Try to shoot off somebody else's arm stasis. Oh shit! There's three guys on my ass. Turn around, force gun. They all shatter into pieces. Yeah. Okay, get on with the game. I agree that it's yeah, but there's a lot of DLC in the game. If you're having a problem, you could buy a weapon that's strong if you really cared to do that. So after that, uh, the first this is the first time you meet the puker at the beginning of chapter three, like mm-hmm. which and the way you meet it is fucked up because you see the dude pulling himself through the doorway like clearly steaming from something and then you walk past him and look through the doorway and you see the puker like holding another female nurse and puking all over her are you not remembering this i don't know i thought this happened much earlier in the no this is definitely chapter three wow for some reason this i don't remember this scene at all it's a powerful one for me to forget but i don't remember it God, you guys are awful. I've yeah, only, I've only played the game. I mean, first game. you're going down the hall and there's like a necromorph on the ground that's playing dead, but then you're you see the shadow of someone being puked on, and then he drags himself through the doorway. A puker? You mean the things that shoot balls at you? Yeah, they I earlier. thought you fought those earlier. Yeah. No, you don't. This is the first time you meet one. I thought we, we just wrong. said that they no, fought. We them. were wrong. First time you meet a puker. Oh. We were wrong. <laughs> according to the guide that's sitting in front of you. Yes, according to the walkthrough that is in front of me to guide mm-hmm. our our. Our way the thing this. is that there's pukers and there's spitters, so there are two different types of enemies. The spitters look more like regular uh, necromorphs with the blades on their arms, but they mm-hmm. spit. Um, and mm-hmm. then there's pukers, which are the ones that are more gangly with the bald they head and babies on their knees, human-like. and they are the pukers. So mm-hmm. there's two different enemy types. It's hard. I don't it's remember meeting a spitter. There are spitters. There Trust are spitters. me. Yeah, you, can try, you can look at your guide. Yeah. The spitters are all over the place, especially there are also the the playable classes in multiplayer, both of them. <laughs> spitters and pukers. Yeah. I mean, the pukers spit. They yeah. do. I'm telling but you, there's, there's also, two classes. But there's, also, but there's also spitters that just spit, especially like at the end of the game, you know, like the, the necromorphs that are like mostly black, like they have like all black, like, yeah. I don't know, burnt or bloody the flesh evil, or whatever. The tough yeah. necromorphs. They yes. totally spit at you. Yeah, they're spitters. Yeah, I've been spit at by necromorphs with blades in their hands before that looked like regular ones. Like when really? I got a distance, when I got a distance from them, they would spit out of their Just chest type, a tiny one. You got a computer? Mm. Type in "Dead Space Two Spitter," "Dead Space Two Puker" in Google and see what comes up. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. Um, so this is the first time you meet a puker. Uh, that's mm-hmm. quite an introduction. If you're not careful, he'll fuck your shit up right up. Yeah, see, I didn't realize for a long time that you could stasis or yeah, kinesis, kinesis his his spit at him. I didn't know. I just dodged him. Jay Fresh do it. Yeah. And it's oh, like yeah. an instant kill weapon. You got it. And and it's sometimes more useful because you can instant kill other things that are stronger than him. With right. it. So or much. there's a dead space wiki. Yeah, of course there is. Uh, and then there's a you can uh, if you time it just right, the splash damage on the puke ball is we'll enough that like you can kill three like, things. Yeah, like three things at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a really, really like power. And I like that you got a. It 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 doesn't go if you're far enough away. Even though he spits it. it at you, it goes straight at you. Right. But when you throw it at him, it's a lob. So you got to like <laughs> aim a little up and then throw it. And there's a little bit of technique. Yeah, to there it. was really more like than that. once where I tried to launch it at somebody and it landed like halfway. Between. Yeah, you're like, like oh, <laughs> yeah, that's always fun. <laughs> the but using the uh like the what do they call them the little um 
I don't know the name of them, but they're the pod guys that you have to mm-hmm. destroy. They're they they're like little pimples they're on the like ground, mines, yeah. And they're like mines, and they you know oh yes 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 spit out their little they you know, make little explosive yeah little explosive. You you know you you can grab the thing that they shoot out too and shoot it at other things. And uh, yeah, I like that the necromorphs are uh, with your kinesis like ammo, mm-hmm. just I mean, as much ammo as they are enemies. I like mm-hmm. that the pukers. Uh, projectile will destroy any necromorph like in one hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what you're just saying. Sorry. I was looking at spitters. I don't think spitters are in the single player. They are. Every I was screenshot say, I'm looking at is from multiplayer. I've, 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 de- I've definitely been spit at by things that weren't the standard spit out of their chest yeah, guys. Me too. There. I have too. I've been spit at by like... Pay attention this time when you play. You'll, you'll, you'll run into it. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, anyways more importantly, where are we? Arthur screwed me up. We could just cut so, to the trash compactor and like there's a room. Yeah. So, so this is the the part where you go onto the shopping plaza and the first time you meet the pack. I thought the pack was in chapter two. No, chapter three. Okay. Anyway, cool. So you go by the stores and like there's the little daycare at the other side yep, that you're that not you ready to go, go into to yet. Me. Yeah. Uh, this is before you have the pulse rifle. I felt that the pack was kind of terrifying without a pulse rifle, but that could just be me. Mm. Um. Yeah, man, plasma cutter. Yep. I mean, yeah, I you, you can cutter. like like if you shoot the plasma cutter, like yeah, cut off one limb and they're dead. Use it in horizontal mode. Go yeah. for the legs. Yeah. So this is also where you go on. Do you see the larger co- shopping concourse? Yes, it's uh, called the, the concourse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a, a a throwaway uh, uh, what do you call them Easter egg in there. If you walk by the hair salon, the bottom rightmost screenshot. Uh, of an Im- a dude with a crazy faux hawk is Steve Papoutsis, the director of the game. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> this is also where you see uh, As- Lightspeed Boy. Yes, he's a mm-hmm. yeah, he's a like a giant statue. And if mm-hmm. you dismember him, you get an achievement or a trophy. That is true. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Light, light, lighthead, lighthead, the Milo, or something like that. I never yeah, really tried to interact much with the environment if it wasn't giving me exactly on your se- on your second playthrough. Do more of it. It's really fun. Yeah. There's also that great. I love when you look out of the main windows in the concourse and you see Tideman on like a giant oh, super giant right, screen. Like the 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 screen that's over the entire city. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it's a really really incredible vista. And like if you, it looks good no matter what machine you play it on. But the, if you play on PC, one of the great things if you can max all the settings is some of those vistas that look good but a little bit bat painting ish in the mm-hmm. background look crystal clear and perfect into the distance and it's it's a real treat to look at them mm-hmm. if you have the pc version i'm sure mm-hmm. you're already appreciating that so you find <laughs> out uh that the thing that dana was leading you to was a uh unitology recruitment center mm-hmm. she's like yeah yeah, you're going to apartments it's right through the unitology <laughs> recruitment center just uh, go right on through that and as soon as you get in there you realize that shit is fucked up because you see bodies with the purple hoods on that yep. are dead they clearly killed themselves. I love, I mean, the church, like all the audio logs that are in there, you really can get a good background on the on the story and, you know, Michael Altman and some of that stuff if you sit around and listen to all of them. Right. It's pretty cool. And he, I mean, you see that the EarthGov has been sort of trying to push Unitology, mm-hmm. like to marginalize them and that they're fighting back however they can. Um, and this is totally the, one of those situations where, again, I was glad I read the Dead Space novel. Yeah, for sure. He's Sorry, just talking about Altman. It's fine. Yeah. Right. Although, I mean, you do, you do eventually get a sort of decent view of Altman through some of the uh, the later stuff. 
in the game. They mention a few times that, yeah, I mean, they do. There, there are lines that sort of describe a little bit about what Omen was like, but the novel yeah. paints a. To- I mean, the novel. Yeah, it makes Altman seem like a totally different character. Yeah, it's really hard to not spoil the novel. Yeah, you should just read yeah. it. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, because you can't really talk about Altman without spoiling the whole yeah. novel. But well, anyway, maybe I'll yeah. buy that and read it on my Kindle. You should. It's good. So you go into the recruitment center. There's another chance to use decompression. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I didn't use compression as much as I probably should have. But also later on in the game when I tried to, it definitely killed me a couple of times. <laughs> that's also that's one of the first rooms where you start doing more of the engineering type puzzles where you're pulling a battery out of a right. compartment. Mm-hmm. They do a really good job with the level design in those rooms where you know you walk into the room where you do that and right away there's like a flash that's right to your left because the thing sparks and a panel shoots off and that's the spot where the puzzle actually takes place mm-hmm. and the lighting on the on the screen they the um where the where you grab the bat the new battery from is definitely the most lit one and then mm-hmm. you turn around and put it in and there's a window right there that shows you the the door that you're turning on the power to like mm-hmm. just like really you know solid level design, game design stuff in, in those puzzles there. I think this is the first part you go into a maintenance shaft. No, it happens very it early. It happens very early, in, but, in but the one thing I didn't yeah. like is that I thought they, they liked the way they colored the maintenance shaft and stuff. I did wish that at some point in the games they would have made me feel like maybe they weren't totally safe. There was the, one point where you see, like, you see a shadow. Yeah, yeah. Where you see a shadow, but it gets very clearly established to did me that ever, nothing's ever going to attack me there. Did you ever totally turn around in a maintenance shaft? It's kind of funny. Yeah, no. I tried. Yeah, you, you can. You can turn completely yeah, turn around. around. It's, it's like, oh, I, I totally don't have a lower half of my body. Yeah. <laughs> I'm violating the laws of physics. Yeah, you can do it. yeah it's pretty funny. But, I do love those shafts, though. I do, too. If you're going mean, to make a maintenance shaft, make it look that awesome and make you crawl through it fast. And not one of them looks the same. They all look no. totally different. Yeah. And, you know, the fucking necromorphs use the shafts. And I, want, I want to use the shafts. <laughs> so is this the uh, the garbage compactor? Yes, is that's that... the next like major landmark. There's mm-hmm. Oh, there's one really cool room that we're skipping. It's a really dark room, and it's got those like air puffer things, and the sound design is like all crazy, and eventually you flip the lights on at the end of the room. I don't know. There's just a. It's a sort of throwaway random room, but hmm. man, there's a lot of really beautiful. cool throwaway random yeah, rooms. Yeah, yeah, there is. Like but, in the beginning, the showers that turn on that oh, made yeah. me jump. That yeah. was such an awful, awful sound. The nice thing about the the areas surrounding the compactor and the compactor itself is the the sound. Uh, mm-hmm. I I think the room bef- right thing. before the compactor is the one that has. There's a video playing of the guy telling you like. Take off their limbs. See, I was able to use kinesis, and I was right. able to attack him to the wall. And he's clearly and he's, dying. He's yeah. dying right I'm, there. I'm going to bleed out. Like I, the last one, they clipped me pretty good. I hope this helps you. Right. I'm yeah. a little surprised that they waited so long to explain to explain to, that to you. Like, yeah. a, it's an advanced combat mechanic, sure, but just that it's so important. Yeah. It's true. Especially I'm glad when they, you're low on ammo. I'm glad they describe it and figured out. Yeah, because in Dead Space One, they pretty much tell you in like the the first time you see one, you fight one, and then right afterwards. You you're like either told or you find an audio log that's like shoot off the limb. I mean, they the body do the, doesn't they do, do anything. the exact same thing in this game. But what they don't ever tell you to do is use your kinesis to grab those limbs back and fire them. They yeah. do tell you very early on use kinesis to pick up things and use them as weapons. But they they wait till this point in the game to tell you do it with their too. yeah right. do it with their blades. Um, but the the other great thing in this room is that this the sound is like you're hearing all this like awful stuff. You're like what the hell is going on here the room doesn't look like there should be this like crazy wicked sound going all the time but you walk one room further 
and it's the trash there compactor yeah. and it's like the sound you know they put a low pass filter on it just right so it sounds like it's coming through that wall i mean mm-hmm. it, it's a really scary set of rooms but it's just the sound mm-hmm. and the compactor itself has no enemies in it at all i mean yeah. it's a really it's kind of an easy section in terms of combat there's not that much there but it sounds horrendous the whole time and they do that in dead space one a few times tense. too that are really good where yeah. it's just like heavy machinery going and you're yeah. just like it throws you off because you're used to like arthur said looking for our audio cues so much that all of a sudden when they take that away from you you're like fuck yeah i'm so tense because i'm worried <laughs> something's gonna sneak up mm-hmm. on me they yeah. do the reverse of that a few times like there's one hallway i think in solar array later where all of a sudden the, uh, the 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 air falls out, so you're in the vacuum all of a sudden, mm-hmm. and you have to go down the hallway, and at the end of it, there's a hacking sequence, and this is the first time you haven't had sound to do the with hacking, the hacking yeah. and there could be enemies coming up from behind you that you wouldn't hear, so <laughs> yeah, the way they play with sound and the using it as a notification, the surround sound, too, like... I don't know. I really wouldn't want to play this game in stereo. I no. don't know how you could do it. But. No. So this is uh, the first part where you have zero gravity. Like, uh, There's another part where you're in a vacuum, yeah. mm-hmm. but you're not actually in zero gravity. Um, and this is where the first indication that zero gravity gameplay has changed mm-hmm. from Dead Space. And I love like while you're moving around in your suit, like all the little jets that pop up. Right, like, but your suit is clearly designed to do this. So cool. A.K.A. Iron Man. Yeah, yeah. Or an astronaut suit. It makes all of the suits in the game seem more like space suits, like yeah. as, as we understand them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when you go into, you know, there's the 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 compactor room itself, and then there's the room where you actually turn on the car the carbine the carbine and get the thing moving so that you can move forward. Mm-hmm. It's like a hallway, and I often forget that that room is also zero g. You have to be mm. standing on the ground to open the door and to press the button at the end. But I myself like flying down that hallway because I can. So. Exactly. I only give up zero G when I absolutely have yeah, to yeah. to open the door. I'm like, I'm going to fly down this hallway. Forget you guys. I, it makes me sad. We skipped one of my favorite little set piece moments that's totally intimate, which is where in the first apartment complex, right after the shit is at the fan and you hear all the screams, you're walking past this uh, area that's supposed to lead into a greater town square and this graded gate has crashed down mm-hmm. and you see a woman One dragging woman herself yeah. Oh, yeah. along the ground crying to herself and finally she just curls up and dies yep. mm-hmm. yeah i tried to shoot her and it wouldn't let me yeah mm-hmm. there's just a lot of parts like that in the in the beginning of the game that yes. you see less and less often yeah. and i and i that's would because be, at I'd some be... point there's you're going to places that are less Right. I'd be curious. And also there's less humans left. Right. And I'd be it's... curious if they just learned a lot about that. I mean, it, what they did make Dead Space Extraction. Extraction has. This is why I loved it's Extraction. Yeah. Was because it has all these moments like that that are, yeah. they learned to be intimate. And I'm glad they did that they used Extraction as like a sort of test scenario for this kind of stuff, since so few people played it. Sadly. Yeah. Um. So after you Turn go through the trash on. compactor, you're going through another residential area, but this is like unitologist housing. Right. Mm-hmm. This yes. is this is the I mean the apartment layout. Candles is everywhere. Candles yeah. everywhere. Jay Fresh always makes the joke. Oh or it wasn't his joke, it was one of his coworkers, but he's like, mm-hmm. Man, if I ever moved to the sprawl, I would fucking just open a candle store, man. Because <laughs> bank. There's candles all over this bitch. <laughs> what about a shroud store? Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> uh so you go through there, I mean there's more you meet the uh, the little necromorphs again here. 
the the little tiny triangle. Yeah, ones. I know. Yeah, the tripody looking ones. Yeah. yeah, and there's more ways to get rid of those now than there were in the last one, which is kind of nice. Well, and they they definitely hurt you a lot more than they used to in the first game. In the first game, it was if so you get viable. Hit by a full pack of them, you're just dead. That's yeah. In the first game, I would just be like, oh, there's a group of them. I'd run into them and then just start mashing X to kill them. Yeah, but in this one, it's it's like no. Yeah, one um, of the one of my favorite little like throwaway moments in this one is you go into one of the apartments. And there's a dead guy on a couch, and he's got a full screen like projector that's like showing, um, like the equivalent of home videos. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you walk right mm-hmm. over next, his his bed is right there, and his wife is in his be- in the bed, dead clearly. Mm-hmm. After this stuff, and it's just a random room that you don't. And you also need to see the little things mm-hmm. explode from a dead necromorph, right in this yep, area. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you encounter Nicole again, yes, in a room. Mm-hmm. And eventually we get to some of the craziest early combat sequences in the game. Right. Well, They're in the um, courtyard areas of the bottom part of the towers. Right, oh, right, right as you're about to go. So you, you end yeah. up fighting a couple battles, and I don't want to uh, <laughs> mix them up. The second one is the one that really drives me nuts. It's got like seven or eight leapers in a row, two pregos, and... Uh, and like... Four regular necromorphs as well. No, it's it's just well, pregos and leapers and the explode, Yeah, I think one exploding pod guy, if mm. anything else. But that's the second one. The first time you fight in the courtyard, it's like a regular necromorph, an infector, um, uh, uh, some of the pod guys. Right. This is this, this is, is the is courtyard where, the, where, the, where there's the a marker, of the yeah, marker, marker replica. Marker there, yeah. You know, it's the first. T- it's it's right where the entrance to the actual church proper is i think we're skipping around in weird ways no well i mean the thing I we just we skipped i think we skipped we know we didn't skip anything so th- i think this one that i'm thinking of is actually this okay yeah there are two the major one. battles like, in the court this yeah. is the, the lobby with the marker yeah, yeah the lobby with the marker and there are two battles there one when you go in and one when you come out right yeah i accidentally started talking about the church somehow and we're right. not at and the and then church as you go through there as you finish that fight assuming you don't get fucking murdered which, which is you a prob- very distinct probably possibility will the first yeah. time. Uh, and if you're not careful then the infector that comes out will go around that entire perimeter and fuck your shit up by activating a ton of other necromorphs yep. uh, you go through a lobby area and as Dana's talking to you Tideman shows up uh, not Tideman but a gunship yeah Tideman's yeah. gunship Tideman's gunship, gunship shows up and knocks out the window and you can get fucking killed by that gunship if you're not careful right uh, so that, really, I just figured it was scripted not to hit me. Oh, <laughs> I no, wasn't I worried about it. Definitely will all. kill you if it oh, it shoots the shit out of you because it's a, actually a really nice room. It is. Like if you could stop and look around for a minute without getting shot by a gunship, it would be uh, <laughs> really beautiful to look at. So after you escape from the gunship, you have arrived at the Church of Unitology. Yes, this is it. And this is I honestly think that we should stop here. This is as good as probably as any. Yeah. Uh, we've been talking for like an hour. So, yeah, so now that what so you didn't rich. hear when we were talking off mic is that I think we're going to split it into three episodes now. Because so there. clearly we have a lot to say about it and we want we yeah. want to do as much as we can. Maybe we, and I think it's just fair to say that this that this game really like it starts off with a bang and it just keeps going through like this whole first third of the game. I just felt like it was one incredible amazing sequence after another keep in mm-hmm. mind the only time the game loads is when you die like yeah. you never see a break the only thing yeah. you know you'll like mm-hmm. you can miss the word chapter whatever well, popping up on the side of the screen if you're not paying attention because it's so seamless. you're wrong in that 
the game loads every time you open a fucking door. Yeah, no, I I meant visible loading. And and if you aren't installing this on your 360 or if you're playing on PS3, occasionally that can fuck you a little more than it might otherwise. I'm I'm ever since Metroid Prime, I'm used to that. But uh, but yeah, this is as good a place as I need to stop, and we'll pick it up again next week. Love it. Are you happy, fuckers? I, uh, I, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry if we're making you talk about it longer than you want. Or, but one thing I would no, say, I've, I love talking about it. It's just late. It would be cool if we could integrate. Um, like, if if you've been listening to us and you think we're going too fast or too slow, or if there's something that you think we should have mentioned, like send in that thing and we'll, you know, mention it. Sorry, but I <laughs> I, I, I want to hear what other. I mean, I know that we all like this game a lot, and I get the impression that most readers yeah. also really like this game. And we haven't even talked about weapons like at all. Right, and I think that I mean, feel free to talk about your own Dead Space experiences. Actually, I think I might do an, an individual post for you to talk about Dead. You Space. could either do that, or if you want to send in letters to letters at eat sleep game, make sure in all capitals if you want them to have a chance of being read, you mark them. Dead Space 2. Like, I need to know that that's what this is about. Yeah. Good idea. Or else we'll move on. Good idea. And, uh, yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.